The following podcast is not for children and contains discussions of adult themes. In addition, this particular episode discusses domestic abuse and unplanned pregnancy. Listener's discretion is advised. And remember, listeners, the dreamiest thing you can do is listen to your own needs. To the Three Little Words podcast. I'm Nicole. I'm Claudia. And today we will be discussing If I Break uh, by Portia Moore. It is the first book in the Wrecked series, uh, which we'll, we'll Is that what it's out. officially called? Yeah. Because I, I've seen it under the If I Break series, but Wrecked, it, Wrecked is, is certainly a different title. I don't know. Well... <laughs> Wrecked might be the first the first book in the If I Break series. Well, so whatever's happening but there. It's been titled If I Break on every other thing that I've read. Yeah, but regardless, it was uh, <clears throat> quite a read. Yeah. It yeah. Was... So, Nicole, what do you think of this book? Oh, wow. Okay, well, right off the bat, I just have to say that I don't like books written in the first person. Yeah. I didn't, you might have said this before. Have I? Well, yeah, because I, I just like getting through, I mean, even video games, I don't like it in the first person. I'm a third <laughs> person kind of gal, you know? Mm -hmm. You so, like to observe. Exactly. I'm a voyeur. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, so that was a little speed bump for me in like getting through this. And I have a lot to say about the writing style, but I don't know if I want to get into that quite yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do want to, I guess, preface this episode by saying that I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like the characters. <laughs> yeah, I I really have to agree. Um, this book was... <laughs> I'm very sorry if Portia Moore ends up listening to this. Sorry, like, if Portia. we end up adding, adding her when we, like, tweet this one out. But... I found the first 200 pages of this book a real chore to get through. Oh, yeah. I, I literally had to, like, just sit down and just plow through it. Just, just like, I'm not stopping. Like, I need to do, like, 100 pages today. Yeah, I had to power through uh, all of it. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I don't know if it's different because uh, I know I read it on Nook and I think you read it on Kindle, right? Yeah. So like I don't know if like page counts are different, but this was like 280 pages. It did not need to be that long. Yeah. For me it, it was 299 of that. <laughs> yeah. It really could This could have been like the same length as 9 month scandal. Oh, abs shorter than that even. But like actually yeah, cuz that was a pretty short book, but like yeah, this it, this was far too long. And so without getting into like a lot of plot right now, uh the chapters do hop back and forth between time so for it which like isn't super necessary but yeah, I, I was gonna say but the way i'm thinking of it is um are you familiar with the last five years the musical jason robert brown 
I am. I haven't seen it, but I know about it. it. This does have a very last five years kind of structure. And the thing about the last five years is that the plot, honestly, is not that interesting. It's carried by the music, but in order to make it more interesting, we have the whole, like, that, like, uh, oh my god, Jamie traveling forward in time, uh, while Kathy travels backwards in time so just to make the story more interesting Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what Portia did with this book because it's so honestly fucking boring (laughs) that in order to make it slightly more interesting to read we had to have some kind of like something to just like throw us off a little bit and that's why I think we had that back and forth in addition to like being like oh like look look at the contrast between how things were and how things are now so yeah, I think that was the intended effect. And also to maybe like build tension in a different way. But I felt like I felt overall one one the past ruined the present and vice versa. Like Yeah. It the reading these past scenes meant like nothing to me, knowing that like the first chapter of this book is is like her getting ready to leave him yeah it just uh and also like some of the chapters didn't have to like be there like some of them were two pages long why was that there like why couldn't you just like smush that together with the the last chapter (laughs) or like the next chapter i like it just it i i understand the effect that portia was going for in terms of building tension and i guess it kind of did it sometimes but like it definitely wasn't as effective as i think it was intended to be the only time that it really worked for me was like at like the the like (laughs) 180 to like 230 page marks (laughs) where like there there's a really interesting little sequence that plays out across two timelines that I think is that I think works pretty well mm-hmm. but it did not need to do that like it was not crucial to our understanding or our structure it didn't really give us much more I think it added a little bit but mm-hmm. honestly I was talking with um with one of my partners and uh, I was saying that the story keeps the same like suspense and like narrative flow if you put everything in order it really does yeah there was no need for that back and forth if anything it just like kind of made it a bit more confusing and also i'm like pretty certain that some of the timelines don't add up but we'll we'll get into that that. So, okay, do you want to just give us, like, a quick little summary before we get into it? (laughs) Okay, the quickest summary. Uh, So, Lauren Stewart? Uh, Brooks. (laughs) Lauren Brooks, yeah. Lauren Brooks and Cal Stewart, I think, right? Uh, Scott. Fuck. (laughs) Who's Lauren Stewart? (laughs) I don't... Oh, no. (laughs) Anyway. Friend of the show, Lauren Stewart. (laughs) Friend of the show, Lauren Stewart. Come on the show sometime, Lauren. (laughs) Um, so, uh, the Lauren Brooks and Cal Scott are married. 
um, Cal Scott has a lot of money because this ended up being another fucking girl gets swept up by a rich man book. Yeah, did not I expect that. I didn't see that. that one coming. Nope. <laughs> um, and, uh, we get the two timelines of one is starting in 2008 and going until April 2011, which is them meeting and getting married. Uh, and then from 2011 through 2013 is them breaking up in the fallout of their breakup, more or less. That's all I I think I can say without getting into, like, spoiler stuff in the summary. Yeah, like, this is definitely one that we have to go through, like, chapter by chapter. Yeah. So, let's get right into it. We start April 26th, 2011. First line of the book, here he comes, my very own Prince fucking Charming, Cal Scott. What an introduction. <laughs> yeah. I remember I, uh, I, the first day I started reading this, uh, on page two, I decided to send you a little, a little picture of Norm MacDonald from, uh, Saturday Night Live saying, now this may be, may seem harsh to some viewers, but I believe everyone involved in this story should die. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, right off the bat, it gives me like very like fan fiction vibes, like just the way it's written. You know what it is? It's written in present tense. Yes. I think. Like, I hate that I still get chills when he touches me. He carries me up the stairs and into our bedroom. I feel like fan fiction tends to have that sort of like that present tense writing. Yeah. Like, this is currently happening. That, and it's like. Okay, just to touch on the writing style briefly, it's very choppy. Like, I did this, I did this, I did this, and mm. then this happened. And it was just, like, frustrating, honestly. But it also, honest, I think, kind of helped me get through the book a bit more. Because I'm just like, <laughs> if this, like, goes into detail, I will literally yeet myself off my third floor balcony. I'm like, just, just get through it. Just get it done. I don't care about anything enough to, like, want to know more. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Cal Scott, uh, is not the best husband to our, to our girl Lauren here. She and feels- why is that, Nicole? Oh, cause he's just, you know, never around. He kind of neglects her. And a couple of times in the book, she says that he treats her like a high class escort. Yeah, that's actually uh, on page one. Or excuse me, high level escort. Uh, I expect his lack of response, but it hurts all the same. I'm pretty sure he regards me as more of his high per his personal high class escort than his wife. Yikes. A lovely thing to feel about your husband. I know. And it's like, as much as I didn't like the characters, I did like sympathize with her at points. Yeah. Where I'm just like, yo, like that sucks. Yeah. Like, just briefly skimming through my notes, I have multiple times where I just wrote down, yikes, or ugh, Same. or ew. <laughs> I was... Or big oof. So, this book was such a torment for me that I started talking about it to people at work. Oh my god. <laughs> so, a few people at my work know that I'm doing a podcast about romance novels now. Hell yeah. And I was just scrolling through my notes, and I was like, I wrote yikes so many times. <laughs> through this like i don't know it's just <sighs> can i tell you 
I mean, now is probably the perfect time to talk about the other thing that really bothers me about the main character, the the main love interest, Cal. Mm-hmm. Um, everything. Everything. But yes, <laughs> he he touches her without asking all, all the, time. the time. All the time. Oh my Sexually, God. too. Yes, I have this everywhere where I'm just like, bro, consent? I have written yeah. as, like, notes. It's like, oh, God. And, uh... Okay, we can get, like, right into that, like, because it's about to happen, where, okay. So, yeah, this this whole thing is, like, also, he, like, gaslights her constantly. Yeah. It's so bad. I have, again, multiple instances of me being, like, toxic, 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 don't do mm. this, red flag. It's like, ladies, please, don't. <laughs> so... Yeah, so he's just, like, super neglectful, and she's over it, which, like, honestly, yeah, like, she's totally, totally valid and, like, not wanting to deal with this anymore. So he, like, always goes on business trips and leaves for days at a time, and there were there are times where he doesn't contact her for days on end, and she's like, what the fuck? And he's always assuring her, like, oh, like, there's not another woman, I'm not cheating on you, I'm, I've never lied to you. But he's so fucking cryptic and never gets into detail. And always, 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 instead of, like, talking to her, resorts to touching her. Yeah. Which is so frustrating. Again, most of the time without consent. You cannot solve all your problems with sex. Oh, no. I definitely have that written out here. Where it's just like, y'all can't just keep fucking to fix your marriage. Because that's (laughs) not how that works. Uh, If your entire marriage is based off of, like, being horny at each other, that's not a really good marriage. (laughs) No. I would say that's a bad marriage. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. And they have zero communication skills. Nope. Zero. Oh, it was. it's, like, so frustrating. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where 99.9% of the drama stems from, is them just, like, not fucking talking. Well, honestly, mostly him not talking to her. Yeah. It's it's not even not talking, it's not communicating. Yeah. They talk a lot. But about, oh, like, boy, nothing. they talk. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So, right on page two is when we get our first instance of him just, like, touching her so again she's over it and so she's like i'm out and she's she's drunk at this point he's like i'm not gonna talk to you while you're drunk and so here we have he's not taking me seriously so i lean down and growl in his face you are such an asshole he kisses me right on the lips and laughs he fucking laughs i try to slap him but he's quick and my fingertips barely graze his face like, that's not fucking cute. This isn't okay. No. It would be an eye-catching way to open a book about, like, how your husband sucks. Yeah. But, like, th- this is what I'm saying, where, like, the-, the present taints the past. It's like, in the past, it's like, oh, he's so he's so romantic, I'm so attracted to him, and it's like, even back then, he fucking sucks. Oh, yeah. But, oh, God, like, I have down here so many times that he just sucks, he's so douchey. I don't like him. Yeah. I have a lot of complicated feelings about him, but the overall is I want this man far away from me. Oh, absolutely. I would <laughs> not marry him. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah, so she's drunk. He's like, no more bottles of wine for you, Mrs. Scott. So he's like super condescending, too. Oh, yeah, because 
right now she's she's drank an entire bottle of wine she has like packed a bag and she's like i'm leaving you like do you even care and he he like laughs at her and picks her up and carries her to her room and locks her inside. Which also, who the fuck has a lock outside of their bedroom door? You know that Cal Scott did that specifically. He's like, I I got these these crazy bitches. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually one of my notes. I was it's like, quote, locked me in. Que- how? Question mark. <laughs> so there's there's that whole lock on the outside of his door thing. So we move forward. She wakes up and the whole so the bedroom's unlocked. So he he freed her. Jesus Christ. And it says here, the loneliest time of my life didn't begin until I married the one person I would have given my life for. His touch awakened every nerve in my body. His words and promises hypnotized me, and in his arms I felt safer than I'd ever felt anywhere else. For so long I couldn't breathe without him, which is not healthy. (laughs) Yeah. No, relationships shouldn't consume your entire being. So, like, Lauren, girl. Girl. Please. Yeah. So, she wakes up the next morning, and, you know the door is open and she goes out and she stands on their luxurious Chicago balcony and <laughs> uh, he comes up behind her and and like starts kissing her neck and unbuttoning her pants and it's like that's, that's where that chapter ends. Yeah, it's just uh, it's, it's so gross, honestly. And it's like and he like knows he has this effect on her too, which mm-hmm. is and she even says here he carries me inside to our bed. This is what he does after all. He's the master of manipulation, the king of allure. He knows me inside and out and probably better than I know myself. Like, so she like knows that he sucks. It's almost like he's he's taking advantage of like subspace. Yeah. And like BDSM stuff. It's it's not like explicitly said or anything, but it feels very similar to like knowing that someone can drop into subspace very quickly if you do certain things and taking advantage of that, which is fucked up and assault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're, oh God, their whole dynamic is so unhealthy and it is so frustrating. Like, because yeah. con- it, it's like, it's the same thing throughout the whole book. Like there is literally like no growth on her part. Except there's some growth uh, on her yeah, part. There's like one part, but it's just like, it's like, She's honestly like so stagnant throughout the whole thing. Yeah. It's like it's oh my god, like it's drive it drives me crazy. All right. That's the end of the first chapter. Chapter two, we go back in time, baby. Now it's April 15th, 2008. Our girl Lauren is working at a bar. She's a little bartender, I guess. Yeah. Uh, at at the vault in Chicago. Is that a real place? That can't be a real place. I don't think so. But it sounds like it would be a real place, the vault. The vault is no. Well, it's there's it's in Blue Island, Illinois. Is it one of those places where it's like, oh yeah, like that's Chicago, but it's like not Chicago, and people from Chicago will be like, that's not Chicago. But if they're Probably, from there, they're yeah. like, yeah, it's Chicago. <laughs> the vault Chicago came up with the vault in 
Blue Island, Illinois. So I'm going to say yes. She works at a sports bar or not a sports bar, like a barcade. Oh, because sure. according to the book, it is one of the hottest night spots in Chicago. The vault where the music is always loud, the drinks aren't watered down, and you're guaranteed to catch a glimpse of the hottest celebrity in town. Probably not the same vault. <laughs> <laughs> New York's also, hottest like, club is vault. Like, I, I've never been to Chicago, okay? Mm. But also it's like, is it just a place that celebrities go? I don't think so. I feel like it's not. I feel like Atlanta for like the strip clubs and stuff, LA and New York for obvious reasons, and like Miami because of cocaine or something. Maybe Boston. Maybe Boston. Tom Holland and Zendaya were in Boston not too long ago, according to Twitter. (laughs) I think if you're in Chicago and you're a celebrity, you're like a comedian. Yeah, or they're for like a Cubs game or something. Yeah, yeah. You're, Cubs, you're like a local or you're there for like the stand-up scene. Yeah, or for like the deep dish pizza. Mm, yeah, mm. that tomato pie. Mm, love that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> New Haven pizza, baby. <laughs> anyway, so she's at this bar. And uh, there the number of times that I get like, again, just going back to the whole, it has like a fan fiction vibe for me. Mm-hmm. There are so many instances where it's very like, I'm not like other girls. Yeah. And we see it first here. Like, and it, this isn't exactly it, but it it's like, I don't know what vibe this is, but it's a very specific vibe. So she's like serving these girls. And one girl says, can you have one of the beers poured in a glass with extra ice? No problem. Oh, I give I her a reassuring smile. I swear to God, you are such a little priss sometimes, her friend announces loudly for everyone to hear. And then, like, internally, she's like, obnoxious bitch. We're just like... And she calls her OB in her head for the rest of the scene. She does. Which is, like... just seems like kind of a mean person. Yeah. Then her, her, her ex, Michael, comes in, who she refers to as Mr. Worst Mistake of My Life, which, like... Is he though? The w- <laughs> Homer Simpson voice, worst mistake of your life so far. <laughs> <laughs> Literally up until that point, yeah. But it's uh anyway, he's he's a character also. Uh so he's like friends with Steven, who is a bartender where she works, and like she and Steven are cool, but also like and Michael's just there and like is trying to yeah. talk to her all night, which is so weird. Yeah. Just weird. And so she helps the girls, whatever. Yeah, Mike comes up to her. Excuse me, Michael, Mikey, whatever. <laughs> um, does he does he work there apparently at this point? Yeah, he does. Okay. They work together and that's that's how they met, maybe. I, I thought they met through Steven or something. I don't know. Steven it, honestly, might also it doesn't work fucking there. matter. Michael's in here for like yeah. four and a half minutes. Yeah, but exactly. he, he'll be relevant in like two and a half minutes or something basically none of this fucking comes back after like matters after like the 50 page mark yeah like there i don't know like things i feel like things are set up to like further the plot but it just they really don't need to be there yeah no i yeah i think an editor would have sliced this scene oh absolutely um so anyway so a waitress comes up to lauren and she's like look what i have for you and it's a long island iced tea which is lauren's favorite drink compliments of a gentleman from vip Ooh, 
Who could it be? Ooh, you can definitely drink on the job. Hell yeah, Long Island iced tea too. That's like drinking water. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, according to Trish the waitress, apparently the guy's super cute, and Ryan, who is the, the manager of the bar, I guess, uh, expects everyone to be extra nice to VIP customers. Uh, and so at this point, it's like... The end of Lauren's shift and Ryan comes up to her right as she's leaving and she's like, oh, fuck, like I kind of I think he's kind of asked me to stay or some shit. So he's like, would you mind doing me a tiny favor? A very good customer of mine wants to meet you. He's been eye humping you all night. And she's like, what? Just say hello and nothing else. He's a reporter for the Tribune. He can bring a lot of exposure to the club. And she's like, I don't know. He says, it's just a quick drink. It's his birthday after all. And the VIP room is filled with people. Just a drink. If you're too tired, I'll switch your shift. Maybe you'd rather have Monday night instead of this tiring Saturday shift. So like. It's scummy. That's so scummy. He threatens to take away one of, because, you know, Monday nights tend to be slower in bars. So she would be losing out on tips and stuff. And so like, he's like holding this over her. Like, that's so shitty and manipulative. Like, what a fucking asshole. Mm hmm. So that's her boss pimping her out. Yeah. It's a good thing he never comes back. Oh, God. Siri. Well, he comes back, I think, for like a fraction of a second. Yeah. He comes back in the other scene in the bar. Yeah. So, yeah, we're in the VIP room and she's introduced to this guy. Again, a guy who's like not relevant at all uh, named Jason. Uh, Jason Daniels, reporter for the Tribune, and his colleague Marie, emphasis on colleague because Ryan is determined to have Lauren and Jason connect or whatever. Mm. So Ryan actually takes Marie away so that uh, Lauren and Jason can be alone. And then he ends up like bouncing anyway. Also, he's described as like an Abercrombie and Fitch model. <laughs> Which, I don't know if you've watched the Abercrombie uh, documentary on Netflix, but it was very interesting. <laughs> I have not seen it. Yeah, it's very good. Mm. Uh, so that's all I could think about when I read his name. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> very white. And also the company's super <laughs> racist. Um, so, yeah, he, he like, steps away because he says he, like, thinks he recognizes somebody. Like, the reasoning is... Yeah. It, and he, here's the thing. He says he recognizes somebody, and I thought that was going to be relevant. I thought it was, like, alluding to something, but it really isn't. He just steps away. Yeah, I thought this was the guy for, like, up until she meets Cal, like, yeah. a minute later. Oh, yeah. I thought so, this yeah. was our male lead because I forgot what the hell name was on the back of the book. Yeah, so, so spoiler alert, Cal comes in, like, a minute later. But, yeah, I thought that maybe he saw Cal or something, and there was going to be, like, mm-hmm. some tension between him and Cal for whatever reason. Something. But, no, it literally says that he thinks he sees somebody or he needs to go talk so- to somebody, and he steps away. And that's it. Like, there's no relevance to that. That scene did not need to be there. You know, I could... Let me rewrite this scene. Uh, so Lauren is waitressing and she bumps into a guy and spills drinks everywhere. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. You're so clumsy. This is a meet cute. And then she's like, haha, can I have your number? And scene. I love that. That was beautiful, beautifully written. But no, we had to have fucking Jason, Mr. Abercrombie Daniels reporter, man. (laughs) Uh, also, Okay. So enter Cal Scott, right? And 
<laughs> okay, so this book overall, I could not describe as steamy. I could not describe as dreamy. And like, I couldn't even really describe it as memey because it's yeah. just not, it's just not good. And here's one of the things that I noticed. I don't know if you caught this. Okay. So she bumps into this guy. I'm afraid to look up. I can hear my heartbeat pounding in my ears. When I work up the courage to finally see whose voice is making my heart try to escape my chest, I find a tall, ebony-haired stranger looking down at me. Keep that in mind. (laughs) God, he has the most beautiful pair of gray eyes and an amazing smile with the most perfect lips in the history of mankind. I mentally remind myself not to swallow my tongue and breathe. Is he real? Or have I been knocked unconscious and been and am being fanned with a cover of GQ magazine? This encounter will probably turn out to be just a figment of my imagination. The more the more I look, no stare. I'm actually staring now. The more I decide he has to be an illusion. I search for a flaw, taking in every inch of him, from his chiseled features to his chocolate brown hair falling right over his eyebrows. <laughs> so that's an inconsistency, right there. We go from ebony to chocolate brown. Those are two different colors. Maybe it's dark chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so what yeah, call that, that is Ebony. definitely that is definitely a a uh, <laughs> an inconsistency. Because it's you know I feel like it's one thing if it's like you know from one chapter to another. No, this is literally like the same paragraph. <laughs> Girl, did you not proofread? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm no. I'm sorry, Portia. But Maybe she thinks of, of Ebony as being lighter than it is. Ebony, Darkness, Dementia, Raven Way would yeah. disagree. <laughs> oh, I put my finger, no fingers up at that. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, yeah. So then it's like, oh, so clumsy, blah, blah, me, cute. I, I liked your interpretation of the scene better. <laughs> uh, and so... He, like, points out that she works there whenever she's like, oh, my God, how'd you know? And he's like, your shirts gave you away because much like Hooters girls are being forced to wear nearly non-existent shorts, I guess. And heels is part of their uniform. Yeah. She works at a Hooters, let's be honest. Yeah. It's it's like the upscale Hooters. This is this is Hootier. Oh, God. So she's like, oh, these godforsaken shorts. I'm so embarrassed and begin pulling them down. Not like down, down, but like down to cover more of her thighs. <laughs> Just want to clarify. Uh, he nods, a grin on his face, and his eyes travel down my body. No, thank God for those shorts. <laughs> I was actually coming to get a closer view of the woman I haven't been able to take my eyes off of since she walked in. He looks directly into my eyes with a smile that could melt the Arctic. Girl, the Arctic's already melting. <laughs> Climate change. Oh no. And then the chapter ends with him introducing himself. I'm Cal, he replies. Do you think Lauren believes in climate change? No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. Next chapter, we hop back into the future, baby. It is April 27th, 2011. My first note here toxic relationship in all caps, gaslighting. (laughs) Yep. Um, so basically they, they had sex the previous, the previous night. Is this the same day? Uh, this is the, yeah. So that this is literally the next morning. Okay. The next morning. So they yeah, had I sex. Ma- I made sure to and... write down dates because this was hopping around and was confusing yeah, thank shit you. Out of me. Um, so they had sex and she gets up and is, is naked and she tries to like cover herself up with a 
with a blanket to like go into the bathroom and and stuff and he's he's like oh suddenly shy are we and yeah. like and he basically like forces her to to take off the blanket and walk naked to the bathroom which like if she's not comfortable with that i don't know i feel like not everyone is comfortable like walking around naked yeah and like uh he what he he says right here like you have something i haven't seen before now like ew yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just gross um literally right before that so uh you know she's kind of like thinking about how like he can make her feel so wanted like physically but mm. mentally and emotionally he's not there and <laughs> one of my notes here uh says uh girl don't try to fix him uh yeah <laughs> it, right here the highlighted part i have is i've known him for three years and he's still a puzzle i'm trying to solve sometimes i just get mad and want to throw the pieces at the wall and give up unfortunately i always come back letting the mystery of the final project pull me in it seems that that's what we've been reduced to emotional mind games we both play them he's forced me to play and all i want is for it to be over and for us to be how we were before we were married Ugh. a relationship should not be that much work yeah no and it reminds me of um bojack horseman when diane is talking about uh that poster the magic eye poster where it's just like you know it's kind of a mess and then you like look at you squint a certain way and you oh, can yeah. see what it's supposed to say she's like and, and she's like i'm so tired of squinting i'm like that's literally what's happening here yeah that's where my brain went we uh, love a horseman here love it um so yeah when he's like telling her to like not to like take her towel off or whatever uh she wakes up and it's like one o'clock and ugh, i have this highlighted and i have it my note here is just like ew <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry I tired you out. I won't keep you up so late tonight, he says, smugness lacing his voice. Oh. Like, ugh. There are so many times where I was just, like, I, I vocalize, like, ugh, or like, ew. <laughs> yeah. I she just, also describes herself uh, when she's naked as bare as an egg. Oh, I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the full, I offer the you an line. egg in this trying time. <laughs> <laughs> she says, um... When he doesn't move, I push past him, but he holds onto the sheet, so my choices are to either keep walking, bare as an egg, or to stay put and covered. I mean, I guess eggs are bare. <laughs> yeah, and so then, literally the next page... Um, oh, so so she hops into the bath, right? Because yeah. she's very luxurious, she wants to take a bath. Mm -hmm. And he goes into the bathroom, uh, takes off his watch, puts it on the counter... And he changes the music on her, yeah. which is like a tiny little thing, but it irked me. <laughs> My, I, I have this uh, as memeiness uh, for this little paragraph, even though it sucks. Um, <laughs> I opened my mouth to insult his choice, but I like the song. I have to admit, I've stolen his iPod more than a couple of times. His musical choices have exposed me to songs I'd probably never have discovered had I not known him. He's not into pop at all. His favorite genres range from alternative to R&B with classic rock dominating. Ugh, literally right before that, he asks her, how do you listen to this crap? Like, what an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. This guy fucks to Led Zeppelin and pretends he's deep. Oh my god. 
climaxing to immigrant song. Oh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, he he starts fingering her in the bathtub, which I will admit. One of the steamier scenes. One of the steamier scenes, but also right at that, like, right as he's, like, doing that. <laughs> Is it the ear? The ear! <laughs> I need to find the exact line. Um, Isn't it obvious he whispers in my ear before his tongue makes its way inside it? Inside! Like, inside. This comes up repeatedly, too. Yeah, we're just like, okay, you know, like his, I guess, like, you know, biting on the lobe or like the shell of the ear, but no, it says that he inserts his tongue inside. He's like tongue fucking her ear canal. <laughs> yeah. Tasting I, ear wax all up on his <laughs> taste buds. <laughs> I couldn't, I, I read this so much because every time it came up, I was like, Surely it doesn't mean that, right? Surely it means like maybe maybe he's like you can't see, but Nicole can. I'm like pointing <laughs> to like the the shell of the ear. Like maybe he's like running his tongue along that, but I'm like, that's not appealing either. No, none of I mean like I guess like the biting of the earlobe can be like kind of hot. I'm personally not into it, but like no, it says sticking his tongue inside of her ear. Yeah. So I can only assume that, you know, God gave her that hole for a reason. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he, like, does this whole, like, you know, sexy ear-fucking fingering in the bathtub thing to distract her from being angry. And... He says right here, you started that little show out there. He continues in between sucking the back of my neck, but I just wanted you to know. Uh, I hear his voice and I want to slap his patronizing ass, but a moment later, everything in me rises and releases, and I involuntarily let his name slip past my lips. Moments later, my body is coming down in ripples, and for that instant, I just enjoy bliss. I'm the finale, he snickers. And then he's, and then so she pushes him away, and he's like, what? No, thank you? Ew! Gross. <laughs> I, oh god, I, I, I do not like this man. Yeah, um, and then she ugh. throws his Rolex into the bath. Yeah, which I was like, okay, I, ha uh, I actually had like mixed feelings about that because I'm like, oh god, like you know, don't destroy personal property, but also like he's a fucking asshole and kind of deserves yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know. He he's constantly violating her space. Constantly. Were if I were a voice in Lauren's head, I would say. <laughs> Don't do that. But I would also say maybe he deserves it. Yeah, exactly. That was, yeah, my thoughts exactly. If I was a voice in her head, I'd be like, girl, just leave him. Well, yeah. Ay, ay, ay. So anyway, he packs up his bag to go again. And she, she starts crying and she's like, he's like, what's wrong? As if he doesn't fucking know what's wrong. Yeah. And... Oh, sorry. Sincerity intermingled with sarcasm. I sigh. I don't know, Cal. What is wrong? I ask sarcastically. Um, what's the matter? It's not like you're going to miss me. He's kissing my shoulders with the same lips that once could make me forgive him for anything. But I'll miss you. Just a little. He adds the last part playfully. It's like, you know this has been, like, a repeated conflict in recent memory, too. Like, yeah. we'll get into timeline later, mm -hmm. but in recent memory, this is a repeated argument. 
why would you fuck with this? Like, why why would you play around with that? Dick too good. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, there's like this meme where it's just like, I told him to rearrange my guts, but then his dick hit my heart, and like now I'm in love or some shit. So that's what happened here. Um, so yeah, like right as, like so when they're talking about that, when they're having that discussion, it's literally right after they have sex with each other again, because her so her thought process at that point is hopefully he can see in my eyes what i can't bring myself to say at the very least i know the longer he makes love to me the longer it will be before he leaves and i try to take solace in it yeah. and then so yeah like right before he's like getting dressed back up and saying like oh i'm leaving whatever uh it says here physically he has no boundaries with me and none of my needs go unmet but anything beyond that is a no man's land that i can't seem to escape he goes from attentive responsive and connected to withdrawn distant and aloof and i wonder why me any any nameless woman could fulfill this need of his he won't let me be there for him in any way except sexually it's starting to get harder to see the difference between being his wife and a favored high class escort repeating so, like, repeating the escort thing yeah so I thought that was like I don't I don't know if they say it again, but I just thought it was like kind of funny that they said it twice. But like yeah, like that's how she feels, and it really sucks for her. And yep. he again, like he knows what's wrong. He knows that there's a problem exactly. here. And he just refuses to talk about it. Ugh. Oh, and then okay, like then right as he's fucking leaving, stop pouting. It's way too sexy when I'm leaving. Shut the fuck up. I fucking hate this man. He sucks. He like, oh, he, oh, he, oh. <laughs> I, I, he angers me in such a way that not even Victor Rohan angered me. I was about to say, have we found a man worse than Victor Rohan? I think we have. My God. I was, I was thinking um, last week about how maybe we, one of our questions should be, is this man better or worse than Kane Michaels? <laughs> and... I think we should have a second tier of, is he worse than Victor Rohan? So I was going going to suggest something similar, which is we should just rank all the men. Ooh. <laughs> and then just have like an ongoing list. Because I feel like right now we're at Kane Michaels, as in like totally undisputed, totally unchallenged, number one. King. Uh, and then like Victor Rohan as... <laughs> Definitely not a close second, but like he's he's way down at the mm-hmm. bottom of that eight point five by eleven inch piece of paper, uh, and then right <laughs> under that is a uh, Cal Scott. <laughs> yeah, we we slapped a, a three by five note card underneath that paper. <laughs> not even it's just a sticky note, <laughs> <laughs> like the flag. It's not even like a full size square post it note. Yeah, Ugh, mm, I do wonder not how like this guy's gonna do in Smash or Pass. <laughs> I mean, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> so, All right. Next chapter. We gotta speed through some of this. We this really is, do. This is excruciating for me to sit as excruciating as it was for me to, to read it. it Especially really is. after after this point, th- this is the rhythm for the record. It's like a nice a nice date at the beginning of their time together and then fighting in the present. Yeah. That's it. That's it for like 150 pages. I think like the only like meaningful things that happen in this chapter uh is introducing Hillary. Yeah. Who is Hillary her is friend's her roommate. roommate. 
Yes. Um, she is, she is a, a ditzy blonde and um, statuesque s- blonde. They describe statuesque, her as. Yeah. Well, when she's wearing her natural color, I was blonde once in an experiment that went terribly wrong. Normally, though, I'm brunette and only reach five foot five with the aid of four inch heels. I'm content to spend my nights off work wrapped up in a good book or watching a movie. Hillary, on the other hand, loves to drag me down to the club to go party all night. I'm not like other girls. Ooh, I love I love normal Chan and other girls senpai. <laughs> Uh, I do like kind. I I did kind of like. I guess uh, they're when they I guess try to justify Hillary's uh, behavior, saying that she grew up in like a very controlling household where her dad was like a preacher, uh, and her mother just kind of like didn't do anything to loosen the leash. I guess yeah. so. Now she was just kind of like making up for lost time, and I'm like, you go, girl, you do your thing. Yeah. I, I like Hillary, to be honest. Honestly, yeah. Like, she does <laughs> Can, do something a little shitty later on in the book. Yeah. But I honestly, honestly like, I feel like she's definitely the most interesting character. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. It, it's just so much. Anyway, Lauren also says, I w- sometimes wonder if she's bipolar and on a constant high. As two bipolar hosts here, yeah. fuck off. I literally had that <laughs> highlighted. <laughs> uh, and, uh, my note was um, bipolar. <laughs> so this is the night that that um, she and Cal go on their first date. And we have our first instance of him touching her without her consent. Hey, Hey, gorgeous, are you ready? He says, flashing a devilish grin. He walks over to me and with one arm lifts me right off my feet and into a hug without even looking in Hillary's direction. Which also, incredibly rude. Hillary Mm -hmm. opens the door for him and he just ignores her to like hone in on Lauren and then touches her like without permission. My man is playing 3D chess here. Seriously? He's like... (laughs) She is going to, she might get jealous if I do, if I acknowledge the roommate in any way. The roommate who, I don't know, maybe he sees is hotter than her. I don't know. I I don't, I can't see them together. But he's like, okay, if I ignore her completely and go in for a really like over the top gesture, then I'm going to get my DS'd. Hell yeah, Nintendo DS, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, I just, and I want to just talk about that scene real quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, again, we get another instance of, like, very pick-me, not like other girls. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so Hillary answers the door. So he's, like, super hot. And so she's, like, gawking at him. Yeah. Uh, so here we we have, I then immediately realized she's wearing a cleavage revealing cut off sweater and leggings that are hucking her curves a little too tightly. I now wonder why I let my oversexed half naked cute roommate and her double D's greet him. I immediately feel self-conscious about how conservative I look in comparison to Hillary. So then he ignores her. Yeah. So then he, he scoops her up again. We have our first instance of her, him touching her without permission. And literally it says here. Um, like right after he scoops her up, 
uh, I don't know if I should be turned on at his confidence or insulted that he assumes he could invade my personal space mm-hmm. like that. I'm definitely going to have to explain the boundaries of Lauren Brooks later on if that's his first date hug. I... Lauren, stop being a fucking doormat. Seriously. Like, this is this is such a repeated theme in the entire book. And like, the... I went through some good some good reads reviews after after I finished the book and I, even the positive reviews were like Lauren is Lauren lets Cal walk all over her all over her she has zero personality yep like he she's just there to like be whatever he needs her to be or wants her to be yeah not that he has much more personality to be honest honestly yeah but, oh God, and like, as somebody who, like, I don't like being touched, you know, like, if I mm-hmm. allow you to, like, touch me, it's because, like, I, I love you, you know, it's like, like, Same. I allow you to, like, hug me and touch me. And like, we're very, very good friends, you know, Same. and it's like, if, if anybody who's like, not on that level that like, we are on and like, our mm-hmm. friend groups are on with me. Don't fucking touch me. Yeah. Like, no, especially some dude I just met the night before at a club and had one drink with. No, you do not come into my home and scoop me up in your arms. I will kick you out because I will think that you are trying to murder me. Yeah. Oh, God. It's. uh... (sighs) No, but yeah, Hillary pulls uh, Lauren aside. And her first word is, uh, or her first words are, did you see how he just ignored me? How fucking rude is that? Which, like, yeah, yeah. it is fucking rude. And then, but Lauren's mind is immediately like, uh, for okay, so then Hillary brings up the hug, too. And what was with that hug? Didn't you guys just meet? What, who the hell does he think he is? Yeah, all, all very good points. Speaking truths. Lauren's thought is, for the first time ever, I think my roomie slash friend is a little jealous. I have never seen her jealous before. Hook, line, and sinker. Like, Jesus Christ. Ugh. God. But it's like, yeah, so Hillary at, on, a, I know she's like described as like the ditzy blonde, but she's really the only one with any sense in a lot she's of these scenes. She's the only sane woman here. Oh, Jesus Christ. Except um, maybe towards the end. Okay, so then they're talking about like, you know, because, you know, Cal's super hot or whatever with his ebony slash chocolate brown hair and his beautiful stormy gray eyes and he's like tall or whatever. Uh, that's <laughs> why she sticks with him. It's because he's tall. Yeah. Yeah, I've done dumb shit for tall men, so, like, I get it. <laughs> we have mention of her first boyfriend, Daniel, and this is basically just to kind of, like, I guess, give context into her ex- romantic-slash-sexual experience, or lack thereof, I guess. So I guess it's, like, kind of just there to let us know that she is, like, fairly conservative when it comes to like sexual stuff mm-hmm. um so like what i have highlighted here is so her first boyfriend daniel uh when daniel and i first started dating we were both virgins and promised we'd be each other's first i thought we'd beat the odds until after i actually slept with him two days afterward and on my 18th birthday he revealed not only had he not been a virgin when we had sex but he wanted me to have a threesome with the other girl he'd been screwing <laughs> while waiting for me 
bold. Big oof. <laughs> <laughs> and then second boyfriend, Michael, who was visiting her in the bar and being fucking annoying. Um, let's see. Then there was Michael. Of course, that ended with me catching him screwing a girl where we both worked. So in all honesty, I should be running in the other direction from Cal. But she's, like, enthralled by him, and she thinks he's so, like, interesting and sexy and, like, ooh. Yeah. Uh, Where does Steven fit in? Uh, Does Steven actually happen afterwards? Because I thought she said, like, they had tried dating at one point. I thought he was before. So it wasn't, like, she doesn't consider it a relationship, more just, like, yeah. Um... Just because Steven is the only of these three men mentioned who ever comes back. Yeah, I actually I have a note here where I was like, every single man sucks except mm-hmm. for Steven. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, poor Steven. Poor Steven. <laughs> Steven deserves better. Justice for Steven. <laughs> Oh God! So yeah, all all of all of the men, literally every single man is terrible. Even the ones mentioned for like a quarter of a second. I think the only two good men are the like valet and Stephen. <laughs> like the guy, the guy. No, the concierge. That's who it is. Oh yeah, concierge, yeah the concierge. Yeah. And and Stephen. Maybe yeah. they should hook up. Justice for Steven and the concierge <laughs> whose name I don't recall. Okay, so they go on this date. First of all, he picks her up on a motorcycle and offers her a helmet. He hands me a helmet and I look at the ugly, bulky object. I imagine myself looking like the human fly with the, with it on. <laughs> screw you, you. Screw it. You only live once. I shake my head, refusing it. He smiles with an arched brow as if he's surprised by my response and puts on his sunglasses and takes the helmet back. No, please wear a helmet. (laughs) Please. Okay. I have to look something up real quick because I think in like, there are very few states in which wearing a helmet while on a motorcycle isn't required by law. I think Connecticut is one of those states. So now I gotta check Illinois uh, and see if this is accurate. Okay, Illinois Illinois motorcycle helmet law. Ah, damn, there is no law that requires motorcyclists to wear a helmet. Oh, research. Oh, okay. Damn, I was hoping to catch them on something. Well, there are other inconsistencies that uh, (laughs) we can touch on. Nicole, most importantly about this date, we have my one and only dreamy (laughs) highlight. I look at the sunset. It's absolutely beautiful. I can't believe I haven't done this before. I'm on a bike going at least 70 miles an hour with a man I don't know much about. What I do know is that I haven't been this at ease with anyone in a very long time. Yeah, I had that highlighted too. If it were anyone else, that would have been amazing. Oh, God, I know. <laughs> if I this think... were Kane Michaels, oh, oh. Forget about it. I've been Kane. nothing already. <laughs> <laughs> Kane Michaels, my love. <laughs> uh, but uh, there, are, uh, there are a couple of things that he does. Like, a very, very little one-off things that could yeah. be easily looked over. Um, that, like, if it was somebody else, would be kind of cute. 
Mm-hmm. Or like under different circumstances, if he didn't like suck so hard, would be kind of cute. And I have one of those things highlighted uh, later on. Yeah. So they go on the state. They go bungee jumping, which uh, this seems this seems like a lot. Um, and then at the end of the night, uh, he drops her off, and she's she like thinks about like going home and fucking him for a minute, and. <laughs> So he says, well, can I kiss you? He says, stepping closer to me, his eyes flirting with me. He makes me swallow my breath. He smells so good. But no, I'm going to ignore how good he looks and smells. Cal needs a lesson that he can't get everything he wants and do everything he feels like. Now I'm going to explain the boundaries of Lauren Brooks. Cal, I like you, but you should... Before I can finish, he pulls me toward him, and as he did earlier, but this time he presses my her, his lips against mine. I wrap my arms around his neck to keep my balance. I don't know how to react, but my body responds as he sucks on my bottom lip. What? Before long, my mouth opens, allowing his tongue in to play, and he begins coaxing out my own. I feel lightheaded, tingles running up my spine, and its fingers trace circles on my lower back. And- like their their first kiss is not consensual. No. Oh yeah, yeah. So just okay, this whole like I want to I want to know your thoughts on like the first date. Like okay, first date. All right. Let's like walk through this cuz this is yeah. a whole thing. All right. Okay. You're home. Knock knock. <laughs> it's a guy. He ignores your roommate and then touches you without consent. Already. Done. Uh-uh. Gone. First of all, who the fuck invited you in? Uh, and then touching, no, done. Second, would you go on a motorcycle with somebody you had just met? No. Okay, me neither. I wouldn't go on a motorcycle, period, to be honest. Honestly, yeah. But, like, especially <laughs> with somebody I had just met. Yeah. And bungee jumping for the first nope. date. No, hell no. I'm, I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> me too. So... Okay, which, first of all, I thought, like, because she didn't know where they were going. I feel like that's pretty presumptuous to be like, yeah, you'd yeah. be cool with bungee jumping. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't do that. But then <laughs> I remember. <laughs> so I got I got tricked into going on to this date <laughs> with this guy once. Uh, and I say tricked is because um, he was like, yeah, like, we're just going to hook up. And then he picked me up. And so I had no way of getting home. And he took me to a fucking quarry. <laughs> <laughs> like a park an adventure park or whatever um where uh, i'm also terrified of heights but i like did a bit of like rock wall climbing and i did freeze like in the middle of it because i got so scared but i made it to the top and there was a zip lining uh -hmm. and like a couple of his friends were there and they were like yeah like let's go cliff jumping me terrified of heights jumped off a 30 foot cliff oh my Uh, god we had to wear life vests and Mine was a bit loose on me, so the second I hit the water, the fucking (laughs) life jacket, like, lifted up, and the buckle hit me right in the lip. So when I got up from the water, it looked like someone had punched me in the fucking mouth. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I was like, yeah, like, I wouldn't go bungee jumping on a first date. Uh, No, but I did jump off a cliff, so (laughs) I guess I'm just as stupid as she is. (laughs) Oh no, don't expect yourself like that. Uh, so anyway, I just thought that was a fun little <laughs> story. <laughs> yeah, I can't say that. <laughs> Listen, I have done stupid things on a first date. I have gotten into a woman's car and gone to her house 
when, you know, other people don't know where I am. That was stupid. I definitely could have been killed. Oh my but, god. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't know. It, this is just all a lot. And this really, again, it feels like, like 3D chess here. I'm not giving him the the dignity of saying he's playing 4D chess. Um, where he's like, I'm going to get her adrenaline going. So that, because, like, there are, there are studies, I'm pretty sure, that, like, when you were, you were scared or when your adrenaline gets high, you get horny. <laughs> or it's easier to get horny afterwards. Is that why the guy took me cliff jumping? <laughs> Possibly. Shit. <laughs> it's, it's also why, like, horror movies are a thing for first dates. Oh, my God. I just like yeah. horror movies. Also, I like horror movies, too. I just want to point out that I'm drinking from my um, Hydro Flask tumbler, and I have stickers on it, and uh, one of the big ones I have on here is no means no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Learn how to fucking read my sticker, Cal Scott. God. All right. So, yeah, go ahead. They, they don't end up fucking then. Um, so in the present... She's like, okay, I'm actually leaving now. And she hastily packs a bag. She gets a phone call from Cal and she she chucks her phone off of off of the penthouse balcony. <laughs> which can we give an extraordinary, like flagrant display of wealth right there? Seriously. Let's see, where is my note on that? Oh, girl, just turn it off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, <laughs> she, she like takes off her wedding ring and leaves it at the place where he would normally put his keys. And she, she goes and she, she leaves. She just says, I'm going to go and stay with my, my aunt, who is basically like her, her mother. Because her, she's an orphan. Yeah, her parents died in a car crash or something. Yeah. And, I forgot um, to mention that. Yeah. Also, also, Cal was adopted. Yeah, Cal was adopted and he is estranged from his parents. Yes. Um so yeah, and that's that's it. And then we go back to the past again. And before that though, I do have mm-hmm. marked a flagrant display of wealth. Ooh. Which is that so she went so she's leaving to go to her aunt's and so she goes into the parking garage of the building, which first of all, um she says that she doesn't like that Cal doesn't like her going down there because it's like dangerous and stuff. He doesn't like they're going her going there alone, which is like, why mention that? There's no reason to mention that. Yeah, no. Unless something were to happen to her. So I was fully expecting her to be like attacked or some shit, but like nothing. The only other reason I can see mentioning that is just another like instance of Cal being controlling or like, oh, he cares about her so much. Oh my god. But anyway, the reason she went down to the garage was to find the white Audi that Cal bought her for her birthday. The I, fuck? Here's my headcanon. I think that that uh, Cal played in the hit Audi ARG, Art of the Heist, and was like, you know what? I'm going to buy an Audi now. Jesus Christ. But, but oh, I, I hate, and like, I, I get it. They have money or whatever. But the way I see it is that is a large purchase. Mm-hmm. And for him to just do it without consulting her is so disrespectful. Yeah. Like, whatever. It's like, 
It's his money. I get that. She doesn't do anything, does she? No. At this point, it's, like, not established whether or not she has, like, a job. They don't have kids, so she's, like, not taking care of, you know, she's not, like, a stay-at-home mother or anything. I'm pretty sure she's just, she's just a housewife. Like, she, I'm, she, what was she doing before? She was bartending. So I'm pretty sure she quit that as soon as she got in bed with Mr. Moneybags here. Like, no wonder she feels like a high-class escort. Her entire life revolves around him. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, you know, I know there are stay-at-home mothers, but it's just, like, they have kids to take care of. Like, they have reason to be, like, not working and stuff, like, because being a mother is a full-time job. Even for, like, for trophy wives, like... They have hobbies, surely. Yeah, and it's like, and she's like not a homemaker or anything because we see in later on in the book that she can't fucking cook. So it's just like, <laughs> like she doesn't do anything. She has uh, no hobbies. She has no job. She's not in school right now because she does mention going back maybe. Mm-hmm. But at this point, she's not doing anything. Yeah. It, I don't know, man. So she goes to her aunt's place and... She, she's like trying to avoid telling her aunt what's wrong, and um, her aunt like calls her husband, and is like, "Hey, like, where are you? Like, Lauren's here, and and you're not," which like I don't know. This all screams like red flags to me. Yeah, like the the way they try to justify it is that they're like, "Oh, Lauren doesn't want to talk to her aunt Raven about it because." Raven never married, so she doesn't have, like, really any insight, I guess, to this whole thing. But, and, and okay, like, we're, uh, this comes up later on, but, like, Raven really likes Cal. And it's even mentioned yeah. at some point, I don't know if it's in this chapter or a different one, where it's like, oh, if, like, he was older or if she were younger, like, she'd yeah. be all over him like a Chanel bag, I think was the exact quote. <laughs> which I thought was fucking weird, but... Yeah, so it's like, I understand, like, because she, she's essentially her mother. So it's like, I understand, like, you know, loving your son-in-law, having a good relationship with him and whatever. But, like, there are still boundaries. Yeah. You know, it's just like, like, my, my, um, my dad and my grandma, so my mom's mom, have, like, a very, very, they have, like, a great relationship. Like, they love each other. They're, like, friends. They, like, get drinks together. They hang out all the time. Mm-hmm. But if something were to happen between my parents, my grandmother would always <laughs> side with her daughter. She wouldn't go out of her way to speak to my father. She wouldn't go out of the way to date your father. That too. <laughs> <laughs> but it, so it's, it just didn't make sense to me where it's just yeah. like, in what, like what kind of person would, would have this like mindset where like, oh, this is okay for me to reach out to my like, her child that's her child you know it's misogynistic yeah she's his property he does refer to her as like being his at one point in this book which i have highlighted at some point but like yeah yeah i i honestly didn't even think of it that way i just thought of it as just like really fucking stupid where it's just like what in her brain makes her think that's okay and like yeah misogyny so yeah so um Cal shows up, like, in the middle of the night and brings the wedding ring that she left at home. Like, he brings his other hand into view and shows me what what 
it was he was looking for in his jacket a minute ago. Slowly and deliberately, he slides the wedding band down my ring finger, restoring it to its rightful place. I begin to cry harder because tonight I'm so confused. I wrap my arms around his neck and he holds me cl close. And my note says, this sucks to read like it hurts. Yeah. It does. Like the ring part is one of the things that I highlighted where it's just like, under different circumstances, if he didn't suck so hard, if it wasn't a fight, or if, if like, they actually, like, made up properly for him to, like, mm -hmm. slide the ring back on her figure, like, that would be, like, kind of romantic. But, like, yeah. no, because like, there's no reconciliation here. This is a handcuff that he's putting on her. Yes, he, yeah, it's, like, oh, it's so gross. And, like, literally right before that, before he, like, totally disregards her feelings, she tells him... I'm so tired. I can't. I can't keep doing this. It's destroying me. Yeah. Like, man, I... <sighs> I think that, uh... <laughs> this is, this is going to be a weird thought here. I think that, uh, Rosalia would be like, <laughs> you know, my marriage isn't bad. At least it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> seriously we should also just like rank like how healthy certain relationships yeah. are which it would have this the is, same ranking yeah we're gonna get like 50 episodes in we're still gonna be talking about a virgin to redeem the billionaire honestly and, probably one scandal I'm, I'm gonna honestly open up a word doc and just keep a running list of like <laughs> our rankings of like characters <laughs> and relationships and stuff because right now kane michaels that's our that's our standard yeah. a plus and, once he, but I, I know for a fact that he will be dethroned at some point because it's like, he's got to be, you know, if he's not, I will be deeply surprised. Yes. So then it'll change. But like for now, he's, he's our guy. Yeah. But yeah, it's, oh God, like it's just, the relationship is so bad. Yeah. Like you said, they talk all the time, but mm. there's zero, like substance to any of their conversations it's her being like i'm fucking miserable and yeah. like you know because as much as uh, like she's a she's a fucking doormat we know that but at least she's like expressing to him that she's unhappy yeah like she's still taking it but at least she's like you know like verbalizing it and like telling him and still he like doesn't do anything about it yeah, he's certainly hearing her, but he's not listening. Oh, yeah. No, like, he just takes, it's, like, all in one ear, out the other, and then he just sweeps it under the rug. Like, ah, that's fine. Yeah. I'll just have sex with you and, like, put your ring back on your finger. Like, the reason I feel that I can, like, I can skip over so much of this, because for the record, we are, we are 76 pages into this 300-page book. Jesus Christ. And we're an hour and a half almost into this podcast. Um, <laughs> and like, it, it's because they just have the same conversation over and over and over and over. Red Rover, Red Rover, send, send a healthy relationship on over, please. Jesus Christ. Christ. It's just, it's too much. It just makes me so fucking tired because I've been in terrible fucking relationships where yeah. you have the same stupid fucking conversation over and over again. And it sucks. This, I mean, it certainly captures what that feels like, 
but it sucks to read. This isn't interesting to read. God, it's no. not interesting to live. It's distressing to live. It's painful. Like getting through this was just painful. So like the only other thing I have <clears throat> in this chapter that's like, oh, that's worth any note was something that I referred to already. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never wanted anything more than our marriage, Lauren. You're the one thing that belongs to me. The only pure yeah. thing I have is us. I used to be a different reason for being. Oh, excuse me. I used to have a different reason for being. It came from a dark place. My motivation changed when I fell in love with you. You're my strength and my weakness. You are the reason I fight to be here. Which he is a direct quote from his vow when they got married. Yeah. Uh, which, like, no. <laughs> it feels very serial killer-y. It does he does get very serial killer vibes like multiple times in this book this being one so when he shows up at the house at her aunt's house he shows up unannounced and it's also the middle of the night and like she's just in her room and he like grabs onto her and like doesn't even yeah. announce his presence this man's a fucking serial killer yeah the only other thing i have highlighted in this section is is a is a, a bit of line that sounds like it could be ripped straight from Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Oh my in, god. In like how how the tone shifts like 20 times over the, the course of like three sentences. His hardened expression softens and he walks towards me. Why? Why do you do that? He holds the back of his head in both hands and sighs exasperated. You know I love you. <laughs> he gestures toward me angrily and paces the room. If you only knew what it took for me, for me to be here with you, he says, but it seems as if he's saying it to himself. <laughs> you say it like that? It's so true. Oh my god. Lauren, you're my future wife. <laughs> Anything for my princess. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God, you're so right, though. It does come across as very the room. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. The next day. Oh, because this is one of the few chapters. Oh, no, it's not the next day. It's like four days later, because he says at the end of the chapter that he's going to, like, stay with her at her aunt's place for a while. Like... And so the next four days they spend together and just have a nice time, apparently. Oh, is that the same chapter? Yeah. This oh. is a big chapter. Uh, May 9th, 2011. Um, they wake up. Uh, she wakes up in, like, the middle of the night, like, 3 a.m. And she goes downstairs. Uh, my eyes drift to the alarm clock, saying comfortably between three books and an old photo of me in high school. It tells me it's 3.20 a.m., she she just kind of like accidentally wakes him up and he's like, well, we might as well go and eat. And she's like, I'll make you something. And he's like, you know how to cook now? And she does not. She, in fact, uh, leaves the shells in these uh, eggs that she is making. I have a line highlighted here for Mimi-ness. It says, since when did you become a master chef of the kitchen? I ask as he whips the eggs like a pro. What is that phrasing? I have a no master idea. chef of the kitchen. Where else would one be a master chef? I guess on a stage with Gordon Ramsay. <gasps> uh, but... My note for that part is mm -hmm. I honestly don't like the whole I can't cook thing. Yeah. Like, how hard is it to use fucking Google? Right. Like, to make eggs? You can't fuck that up. It's not like you, it's not that you can't cook, it's that you don't want to cook. Exactly. 
Oh, so anyway, they they fuck in Raven's pantry. Raven is her aunt. Oh, uh, they yeah. fuck in Raven's pantry, and Raven walks in on them, and. He says, I'm sorry, babe, but you shouldn't have been wearing that around me. He defends himself, gesturing at his shirt that I claimed as my own. Oh, oh, you're so sexy, Lisa, in in (laughs) my fucking shirt that you're wearing. Blah. Uh, Blah. Raven is also, like, this is, like, touched on later on for, like, half a second, but she's, like, really cool about it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Which I'm like, okay. Um... It is not very fun to be walked in on <laughs> or to be or to walk in on somebody. I've been on both ends and let me t- <laughs> Sometimes I walked in on, on two people. They did not see me and then they came looking for me and I pretended to be asleep. <laughs> good good move. <laughs> Uh, not to go into too much detail, but they were looking for me in case I wanted to have a threesome, and I was not interested. I was oh, very, nice. very drunk, and all I wanted to do was eat chocolate-covered pretzels, so I just pretended to be asleep. I remember this story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, so it's like, I I was only able to be cool because I pretended it never happened. <laughs> but if I saw the person I, like, raised getting fucking railed in my pantry. <laughs> I don't think I would have been, like, that, like, dismissive. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would have been more upset. I'm like, yo, that's mad disrespectful. I keep my fucking almond thins in there. <laughs> <laughs> the, my the, only, the only nut that should happen in this cupboard <laughs> is, is, is my walnuts. <laughs> Um, I do think maybe that's just, like, a testament to how much she, like, really likes Cal, where he's able to get away mm. with, like, all this dumb shit. Yeah, because he he specifically, like, went and apologized and said it was his fault. Yeah. Interesting. And she's like, oh, it's fine, honey. Yeah. Oh, and then he calls Raven hot, and he's like, I'm sure that yeah. she's had some pantry fucking or whatever. <laughs> yeah, pantry action. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Also, can I say, after reading two Harlequin novels, it was nice to hear people say fuck. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> well, because um, there were there were a couple of times where uh, Lawrence says freaking, and I'm like, nah, man, <laughs> drop that f <laughs> Yeah. You have the freedom to do so. <laughs> you don't know how good you have it. <laughs> Cal gets a call from his friend Dexter. And he seems, like, really worried about it. And he, like, has to go, like, right away. And Lauren's like, you're not doing this to me. And they have this whole fucking screaming match, like, on the front lawn. Like, I, oh my god, the embarrassment. And I think it's, like... the neighbors notice, too. Yeah, it's. I think it's like six or seven in the morning at this point. Oh my god! She's like, "Well, I'm going with you then." She like gets into his car and he like physically removes, tries to remove her from the car, and she's like clawing at the seats and stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like I would be embarrassed to watch that. Oh my god! Seriously, I'd be calling. I'd be filming that shit. Put it in on World Star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, and so Lauren, she like cries herself to sleep on the on the front 
porch swing of of Raven's house, and she wakes up and it's like eight p.m. Like a- around this point in the book, she starts sleeping a lot. The girl's depressed. Like they'll mention how like she'll sleep for like like twelve hours on end in like the middle of the day and then sleep a whole night. Yeah. So she wakes up and like just before Cal comes back, and he comes back, and I'm pretty sure that he's still pissed. Yeah. Uh, okay. No. Yeah. He, well, he's not like pissed so much as like I guess upset and like kind of distressed still because like when mm-hmm. he got when he gets the call he's distressed and then he gets angry when she tries to come with him and like try to get some fucking answers because he doesn't tell her shit and that's his fucking mm-hmm. wife um and she comes he comes back middle of the night and rather than like try to pick a fight with him or like even try to talk to him about what happened she notices that he still seems kind of distressed and is like i'm going to ignore this so i can be there for him girl love yourself for real honestly the best part of this book is when lauren starts loving herself yeah and like giving a shit about like her own health which is like the last like 20 pages yeah so anyway in the past she goes over to his his apartment for a date and they end up having sex for the first time. Nicole, what did you think of this sex scene? Well, what little of it we get. Before we get, just like leading up to the sex scene, mm-hmm. the way he like woos her or whatever is basically telling her that like she's one of the most beautiful women he's ever seen and she doesn't exploit it, which is very, again, like <sighs> not like other girls. Yeah, you don't know you're beautiful. And, it's like, uh, and then he's like saying that Oh, oh, God, I fucking hated this part. Okay. He's telling her that he she, he can make her feel, like, good every night or whatever. They, they haven't fucked yet. Um, uh, he's, okay, he says, I can make you feel like this every night. You think so? I laugh lightly. Uh, and he says, I'm positive. And she says, but would you? And he said, if you asked. She says, is that what you say to all the girls? And he says, who says I have to say anything? Blech. And she says, I'm sure you don't. So that makes me different. You are. From the first time I saw you, I knew you were different. How? I'm curious. Well, you didn't throw yourself at me once you saw the Aston Martin, he laughs. <laughs> God, I fucking, like this guy is just fucking infuriating. <laughs> don't like him. So the sex scene, I honestly do not have uh, many notes for this. Mm. My only note worth pointing out right now i guess is um cut to black boring and all caps (laughs) yeah most of the sex scenes are cut to black except for the fingering and the pantry fucking and like even then a couple of other little things but yeah like even then though there's like let's talk about the sex scenes real quick yeah even during like their most descriptive i guess there's not a lot going on. Yeah, they're very brief. Yeah, which, like, kind of disappointing, honestly. I want to hear about, yeah. like, pussies trembling and shit, you know? like Yeah, <laughs> it's like they have, they allegedly have such a physical relationship. Show it to me, that's Please. it. Please. Show, don't tell. Don't tell me repeatedly that, like, oh, we have such good sex. Show me. Show me the sex, please, Portia. Please. I mean, the sex is probably, like... 96% of the reason she's in this relationship. Yeah. So, like, 
dick gotta be good. Show me. Something I noticed is like, yeah, he like fingers her a couple of times. Never goes down on her. Yes, he does. Oh, does he? Yeah, a couple of times. Really? How mm-hmm. the fuck did I miss that? I don't know. It's, oh. it's a major part of one scene. Really? I know yeah. there's like one part where he's just like, like he grabs onto her thighs a lot. He does do that. Yeah. And so I just like did not register him like going down on her. It's because it's not written that descriptively. It's also euphemistic too. Like there was one part where it was like something about like how like he's like down there and he licks his lips and she's like, I wish they were like touching mine. And I was just like, does she mean her Vagania lips or like her like <laughs> face lips? Where there where I was like, oh, like is he going down on her at this point? It's like, no, it's just like it was just written weird. Yeah. I don't know, I guess I overlooked it, because one of my notes was just like, oh, like, he fingers her sometimes. I'm like, but, like, I feel like there are also a couple of times where they just, like, don't have any foreplay. Yeah. So that was Uh one of my notes. But, yeah, the sex scenes overall, and we can, you know, get into this during our rating and stuff, but left a lot to be desired. Yeah, I do have two steamy highlights here (gasps) with a Mimi in between. Let me read the Mimi real quick. His room is large with stone gray walls. The fireplace sits high on the wall adjacent to his California king bed that seems to stretch for miles, decked in blue and gray linen. I quickly scan the room for personal effects, but there are none. No photographs, trinkets, or clothing scatter about. I do notice an unopened king-sized Snickers bar on the mantle above the fireplace, (laughs) which paints shadows across the walls. Huh? (laughs) And that's the thing, where it's just like, why mention that? It's... Are you, are you being paid by Big Snicker? <laughs> oh my god, <I'm> sponsored? <laughs> she also, hang on, I gotta do some Googling. Who owns Snickers? Is it Pepsi? It's Mars Inc., but who owns Mars? Oh, they do mention Pepsi. Mars Family. Mars Incorporated. Oh, it's a privately held company. Oh. Who knew? Oh, yeah, because the Pepsi company is its own thing, I think. Yeah, PepsiCo, it would be under a different thing. Yeah, in the in the moment where they mentioned Pepsi, I died down my notes. Another <laughs> one for the Pepsi Navy. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, my 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 steamy highlights. Uh, I actually I kind of liked this. <laughs> it's tempting to read it as Tommy Wiseau again. Do it, please. <laughs> I want to be the one you show to show you things you've never seen. He whispers in my ear as he unhooks my bra. Make you feel things you never felt. His hand slides up my thigh before he picks me up. Just let me. The strap of my dress slides down my shoulder. And what do I have to do? I whimper, completely under his spell. He lifts me higher so I'm looking into his eyes. He brings his mouth to my ear. Say yes. ha <laughs> ha. There's so many reasons I should say no. I barely know him. We've only been out twice. Yes, I say breathless. I I actually did have a note saying consent is sexy. It is sexy. It's the only time he like asks to touch her. Yep. Which also, I just remembered, really early on, he... Like, like when they first met, he said that he, like, had never asked for anything or whatever. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, I'm going to work on that or whatever. Red flag. Like, bro, what the fuck? I don't. Oh, God. May 10th, 2011. Yeah. It's the, mo- it's the morning after 
Yeah, it's really early. It's the morning after Cal comes back to her aunt's place. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't disclosed any information about that phone call that left him so distressed that made him fucking leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she she takes his phone and goes or tries to go through his phone, but it's password protected. And, you know, she has like no oh, way yeah. of getting into it. So she uses like her aunt's house phone to call the cell phone. And then while she answered, she was able to like look at the contacts or some shit and shows she's doing that. To, oh, no, she looks at the call history. Call history is wiped. Yeah. And so instead she goes to the contacts and f- looks for Helen's number. Helen is Dexter's wife, Dexter being his friend slash coworker, because he, what the only thing she knows about that phone call is that it was Dexter calling. And yeah. so Dexter wouldn't tell her what's going on. His loyalties lie with with Cal. Uh, but she thought maybe Helen would know something. Helen doesn't know jack shit. And the, she I likes think they it do that mention way. Where she's like, she doesn't know things, but oh no, no, she's like willfully ignorant. Yeah. Whereas uh, Lauren's like totally being left out in the dark, even though she wants to know what's going on. Yeah. So that's really the only thing worth mentioning because then he's just like, oh, like you're going through my phone now. And it's just like, listen, if you have to go through your man's phone, it's because you don't trust him and you don't have a healthy relationship. Yep. She doesn't, and they don't. <laughs> nope. So I think, oh, and then um, someone calls the phone, and so mm-hmm. Lauren answers, but doesn't say anything and hopes that the person on the other end of the line would say something. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said, so then after a while, like, no one says anything. Hello, I finally say out of frustration, the person on the other end of the line doesn't say anything. Is anyone there? I'm sorry, I have the wrong number, a voice says, and abruptly hangs up. A woman's voice, older than me, maybe around Raven's age. It doesn't sit right with me. I call the number back from Raven's phone. Thank you for calling Madison General Hospital. Your call may be recorded for quality review. A representative will be with you shortly, the recording tells me. I hang up. Well, that couldn't be less helpful. Maybe it was just a wrong number. Yeah. Maybe. So there's... So what could... What could that phone call have been about... (laughs) <laughs> was it the wrong number oh and then another thing i have of note here so he's like oh like you're looking for the, through my fucking phone now and she's like well because you won't tell me shit he's telling her like this is just how i am like this is how i was when i met you this is how i'm gonna be when i'm when, like tomorrow uh like you knew this when you met me and you accepted it so you gotta accept it now i never promised you anything different you're the one turning shit around i never lied to you i tell you what you need to know i'm not cheating on you there is no other woman and that's all you need to know then she says you think i'm going to accept that he says why not why do you focus on shit that isn't important what's important is that i'm here at the end of the day all other bullshit aside i'm here with you he yells then she says because i'm your wife cal i'm not a fucking pet which is like that's exactly how he's been treating her yeah yeah, so I made a note of that because I was like, oh shit, like that is literally what their dynamic was, is that yeah. he fucking leaves her and he's like, oh, I'm going to come back, like me with my cat whenever I have to step out. I'm like, I'll be back, honey. I love you. Just know I'm going to be back. <laughs> Not petting other cats, I promise. So yeah, that, and then he leaves again. Yes. So, the okay, one last thing. Okay. I'm like, I... Wasn't going to mention this, but then I remember us talking about um, uh, 
Raven and stuff and like yeah. why she reached out to Cal. There is one point where Lauren like finally tells Raven what's going on or at least like gives like doesn't tell her like full details but at least kind of tells her like something's going on. Mm-hmm. And literally Lauren says that she's surprised that Raven's not taking Cal's side. That's fucked up. I didn't catch that. Yeah, I was like, I want to uh, let's see if I can find like Yikes. the exact quote, because, again, I was like, in what universe would she do that? Oh, OK. So this is when she's leaving. So Lauren's leaving and she's like, I'm going to go. She's like, I'm not going to be I'm not gonna, she's not going to stay with Cal and she's going to go stay with a friend in Chicago. We don't know at this point who. Um, so she says, I don't know. I just need to get away from everything. Raven says that she would like for her to stay here so she can like help her. Everything will be fine, sweetie. And then she says, I hope so. I don't want to lose him or end my marriage. It's just starting to be so much. I think taking a step back from all of the issues we're dealing with would be good for, for both of us. Um, and so Raven's like, yeah, it'll, you know, every marriage has rocky times. Uh, it's a strong lens that may get through. In fact, this will be good for you. Some time to find yourself. Sometimes you forget about yourself when you've been with another person for so long. I pictured this conversation going differently. I thought she'd tell me to stop being so sensitive and stick by my husband. What? She asked with a smile. It's just, I thought you would take Cal's side on this, I tell her. Like, what the? And then, you know, Raven does say, she's like, I would, uh, Lauren, I don't really know what's going on between you two to take anyone's side, but you're my niece and I love you. I care about Cal very much, but if he's making you feel like this, I can't stick up for him. You come first. In the end, I'm going to support you, right or wrong, but I don't see you being wrong on this. Which, like, okay. Like, I'm glad she has a sense. You pulled it back. But, like, for Lauren to even think that, I feel, speaks to... Yeah. It shows that people in her life don't fucking value her. (laughs) Seriously. At least she doesn't feel that way. Yeah. So I just thought that was worth noting. Yeah, no, this is I, like, Jesus I, I Christ, girl. And then we get to April 2nd, 2009. So here is where the book took off for me briefly. We're at page 145. <laughs> yeah, halfway through the book. Yeah. So. Okay, so. Lauren is is hanging out with Cal. Um, they're hanging out on the roof, and he starts like n- necking her. And she's like, "If if he thinks I'm gonna fuck him on this roof, then he's wrong, probably." <laughs> probably. <And> yeah. <laughs> then she gets a call from her friend Angela. Angela is like the other close friend here. Also works and, at the bar. Yeah, who also works at the bar. She she is like shaken up. And she's like, hey, Hillary's in the hospital. Her boyfriend beat the shit out of her. And he's done this before. I didn't know. Like it. I didn't know it was this bad. Like, I I don't know. Like, I'm sorry I didn't tell you. So they go down to the hospital and they say that, that Hillary is like fucking unrecognizable almost. And she has a broken rib. Yeah, she has a broken rib. She's like swollen and bruised all over her face. And um she says that uh this boyfriend 
he apparently has has like hit her before, but only when he's been drunk. And so she kind of figured it it wasn't a big deal. And so they were at this party and he was like flirting with some other girl and she like I think she slapped him and left and he showed up at her apartment and beat the shit out of her. And um so <clears throat> Cal Cal comes to the hospital too and and after the police like go to talk to Hillary, um they go back to Hillary and Lauren's apartment to like clean stuff up and th- I think get some clothes for her. Is that what the deal was? Something like that. Something like something about clothes. And they go back to the apartment and it's fucking like torn apart. Fucking trashed. Yeah, like there is a glass table that's been shattered. Like the the chairs and couches are fucking like flipped over and I forget who says it, but but they're like, he must have been fucking tossing her around the room. Um, Just to kind of go back to like her injuries and stuff, like I want to yeah. read the actual quote here. Yeah. Um, She has a broken rib, facial swelling, various abrasions and bruises. I've seen a lot worse. Thankfully, there's no internal bleeding. So the fact that one, that was even like a possibility really fucked. Um, <laughs> so, you know, they go to see her. I nod quickly and she leads me to Hillary's room. Dr. Carson's opens the curtain and my heart stops as soon as I see her. Her face is so swollen and discolored. If it weren't for her long blonde hair with pink tips, I wouldn't recognize her. Yep. He fucking tossed her around that fucking apartment. Yeah. I, I'm surprised that Hillary seems to recover fully from this. Yeah. Like, this, this seems like an incident that would permanently fuck up your face. Seriously, and especially when you consider like the damage to the apartment. And I think yeah. somebody says it's like there's no way she can't she won't press charges. Yeah. You know, it was just like, you know, domestic violence in any capacity is like horrible and should never yes. be done. But it's like I think like she was probably justifying it in her brain where she's like, oh, if it's just like a slap or a punch, like it's not that bad. Especially when it's like it's only when he's drunk. Exactly. And but like at this point, like, it's got, it's escalated so much to this point where it's just, like, you should have pressed charges before. hmm You can't not at this point. Yeah. So it's just, it's nuts. So they're cleaning up this apartment because, I guess, the quest for clothes or whatever has, has just, like, had to be put on hold to put this apartment back together at least a little bit. And the boyfriend starts pounding on the door. Hillary, I'm so fucking sorry. I, you know, maybe I didn't mean it. And Aaron, Aaron's the boyfriend's name. Aaron, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's a douchebag. A A Ron. <laughs> yeah, A you done fucked up, A A Ron. <laughs> um Lauren and Angela are like, you know, she's not fucking here. Like, go away. And he he like won't leave. He keeps like pounding on the door and he's like, let like let me fucking see her or whatever. And You're so like, I know Cal she's in there. Like, yeah, I know she's in there. She's not in the hospital. And, <laughs> yeah. I think he he thinks she's still in there because he thinks she might be fucking dead. Jesus Christ, I didn't even think about that. Um <laughs> half joking. So Cal is like Angela and Lauren like go into the room and stay there. 
and he um he opens the door and the boyfriend is like who are you and he tries to like push past him into the apartment and uh cal uh like grabs him by the fucking throat and slams him against the wall and starts like beating the shit out of him which like i'm not gonna lie i kind of had that down as stevie because that's kind of <laughs> kind of hot <laughs> it is but then cal being cal he takes it too far yep and that's where it stopped this, being steamy <laughs> yeah i have this highlighted as is this supposed to be romantic he starts choking aaron and well like yeah he has he's he's doing you know the bastard cop thing and has a knee on his chest and is holding his neck yep and cal says would you have hit her if I if I weren't here? Does it make you feel good to hit women? Well, how does this feel? Cal asks venomously. If you ever come near them again, I'll snap your neck like a twig. If Hillary calls you, you better hang up. If you see her in the street, you run the other way. Do you understand? Aaron is starting to turn blue. He's going to kill him, in thought, I tell us. I start to realize Cal has lost control, so I run to them and try to pull Cal off of him. Cal... Cal, he's turning blue, Angela yells. Cal, stop, I beg him. Do you understand me? Cal yells. Cal, you're going to kill him. Let him go. I tell I tell him desperately, but unsuccessfully trying to pull him away. Cal looks at me. I see fire behind his eyes. He's not worth it. Let him go, please. I plead, tears in my eyes. He's not worth it, babe. And they ha- this continues. Like, he frankly almost fucking murders this man. Seriously. And, um, and even after all that, he throws this man down the stairs. <laughs> it's, Which, know, like, he deserves, but, like, he deserves. Wait, um, so Cal tells Lauren to open the door. I do as he says. The next thing I see is Cal pulling Aaron out into the hall and pushing him down the stairs. We watch Aaron roll down the steps after, <laughs> <laughs> after a few seconds he manages to literally crawl out the door. <laughs> the scene goes on for so long and it's like this so them long. saying the same thing over and over again where it's like, stop, you're gonna kill him. Stop it. Stop it. You're gonna kill him. He's turning yeah. blue. The dialogue no. is so repetitive. I mean, like, in general, but, like, especially there, Mm -hmm. it's, like, the same line 14,000 different times. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, in the present, Lauren goes to stay with her friend Angela, and, um, first of all, she sleeps for, like, 12 hours after Angela, like, leaves because Angela has to go to a class or something. Because Angela is a perpetual student because her parents will apparently pay for every for everything for her as long as she is in school. Angela gets a call from Raven uh, because I think Lauren gave her Raven's number and it's like I'm uh, the opposite way. Raven gave her Angela's number and was like, I'm staying with this friend. And Raven is on the phone and has Cal there. And Cal says that he needs to talk to her privately and to please meet her back at their house. And so she's like, I guess I'll go. So she does. And I have this paragraph that fucking slaps, to be honest. 
Someone once told me that when you're in love, your heart takes over and your brain shuts off. I never understood what that meant when I was younger, but I do now. New love makes you look past a person's flaws, which might seem mag which seem magnified later on. I look at my wedding ring, even when I take it off, I still feel it there. Like, ooh. Do you do you want to explain this scene? Oh. Okay. Well, first of all, she falls asleep again. Yeah, she falls asleep again. And then uh, she wakes up. He had been there already for like an hour. Also, he like brings a chair into the bedroom or something, to, which I <laughs> yeah. thought was like really weird and dramatic. I'm just thinking of like somebody waiting in like an armchair in the darkness and you walk through the door and they turn the light <laughs> on like, hello, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> so that's the vibe I got from that. It's very dramatic. Yeah. <clears throat> so he's like, all right. We have something very serious to talk about. And he starts off with saying, I've never lied to you and I'm not going to start now. And she's like, just say it out loud, vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would have been a better secret. God, I wish. Um, (laughs) And so he says, I have to leave. And she's like, you called me back for this. And he says, look, this is different. She says, everything is different with you, Cal. If you weren't so different, maybe I wouldn't feel so screwed up right now. And he says, I don't know if I'll be back. Yeah. And then he goes into this whole like thing where he's like, you're going to be taken care of. Like $90,000 has been deposited into the bank account and you're going to get residuals from like whatever the fuck business he was in. He's like, I want to make sure you're taken care of. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why are you leaving? And he's just not telling her anything. Only that. He has to leave and it has nothing to do with her. And she's like, look what you're saying. I'm your wife and your decision to leave has nothing to do with me. He says, I don't have a choice. She says, what are you talking about? Cal, talk to me, please. Look at me. What is wrong with you? Why are you acting like this? Tell me what the hell is going on. Tell me what's going on with you for once. He says, I can't. This isn't about me. Then she says, then who is it about? He doesn't say anything. And she's like, you won't tell me that either, huh? What am I supposed to say, Cal? What? Am I just supposed to accept you leaving? No explanations except I have to. Not that I've ever gotten one from you. This won't be any different except who knows when you'll come back, if you come back. And so then he's like going on about the money. She's like, I don't care about the fucking money. Like, why are you leaving? And it's just like, yeah, he's never lied to her, but he's never told her the truth either. Yeah, he's never told her the truth. So... He's saying that, like, Helen and Dexter will, like, take care of her, whatever she needs. And so, like, she, like, is like, okay, so, like, they know what's going on. And no one's telling her anything. Granted, Helen doesn't actually know what's going on, but Dexter for sure knows what's going on. Not saying anything to her. And so, like, no matter what she says, he says that he is leaving. And so, like, he, he, but she, like, asks him to stay until, like, she falls asleep. Uh, But then, like, she wants him to, like, fuck her, where she's, like, yeah. if you're, I think it, the line here is, like, okay, he's fucking me figuratively, and I want it literally. I don't want to be made love to. That's over. I can't let him in that place. I won't. I go to suck his neck and he moves. His finger glides down my arm and I try to ignore the tingling that jolts down my back at his touch. It's something I'll have to forget. So, like, she just, like, doesn't want to think right now. Mm-hmm. Where, like, she, like, this is all 
she asks him to put her to sleep. So, like, by exhausting her. By, yeah. like, fucking. Because um, she knows that this is all she can get for him. This is all that she's been getting from him. is just, like, physical intimacy. Because he hasn't been telling her shit. Like, their entire yeah. relationship is just, like, founded on fucking. Yep. So, but then, so, like, that happens. But then he gets, like, angry. Yeah. He eats her out, and and he's like, that's what you wanted, right? You wanted to get off? Yeah. He's like, he's like, to get off, that's what you wanted from me. A last good fuck, right? And she's like, what? That wasn't what I wanted. Deep down, I know it's a lie. I didn't want to feel him. I wanted to feel his body, and he was trying to take me to a place I couldn't go. I wanted him to give me something to not think about him, to get away from all this. I know it's wrong, but he's the one fucking leaving. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yep. you wanted me to fuck you. Yeah, you wanted me to fuck you, but you couldn't even look at me. I put my mouth to respond, and I, but I have no valid comeback. What do you want from me, Cal? You're the one leaving. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to feel? I wanted you to let me in. What the fuck, Cal? She's not the one who needs to be letting you in. Yeah. You I, need to let her in. <laughs> I highlighted that line because it just fucking pissed me off. Where it's just like, you fucking hypocrite. Yeah. You're fucking deflecting and shit. Like, no, he's the one with the problem. Also, um, another, another instance of her being treated like a pet and like a direct comparison. There's a, a point where he's like, he's like stroking her hair as she cries. And she says, but instead of finding that endearing, I feel like a helpless puppy about to be put to sleep at the pound. Jesus Christ. And like also, sorry. Uh, soon his tongue finds his way inside my ear. My body involuntarily arches towards him. It's the place he knows makes me give him complete control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you were saying. Um, no, just that. Like the last thing he says to her before he leaves is, "Don't give up on me." What yeah. the fuck kind of like ominous shit is that? Yeah. I have so many thoughts about this when we get to the reveal. Yes. Um, then the only thing worth noting in, like, this next chapter is just, like, it's the it's the part where, like, he proposes to her. And then the last line of that chapter is, uh, please don't break my heart. Alluding I, to oh. not gonna lie, I liked this sequence. Really? I, I did. Oh, actually. I, not, not just the proposal, I liked the, the abusive boyfriend leaving her and the proposal that is the one time the one time i really felt that the the non-linear aspect worked i i did like the whole going from leaving her to the proposal thing mm -hmm. i did like the boyfriend scene but also i don't know if it like really ties into yeah this whole thing but it, it, again, like I just, I kept thinking about the last five years, and like mm -hmm. this being the part in the middle where they sing the next ten minutes, and it's like, oh, like they are they come together. This is like Janie proposing to Kathy, and then the song ends with, um, Kathy, uh, traveling back 
to back in time to when like the relationship was like in a better place and Jamie moving forward to when it was like shitty. Mm -hmm. So like this is like like the like the the little like turning point, I guess. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh shit. But yeah, I just so thought that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so Lauren's pregnant. Oh yeah, she's pregnant. Yeah. And how she get pregnant? Oh, I actually <laughs> my notes actually do say pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So she she gets um she gets pregnancy tests, and I have written here. I can't believe this is another billionaire pregnancy story. Seriously. <laughs> um. Also, just want to say real quick, we never find out what he actually does. Yeah, no. We just know that he works for this company and has a lot of money. I think they they like hand wave it that he they say he like the go between between like R and D and PR. Yeah. Which is like that's not a position. That's no. not real. They they just wanted to use the word liaison, makes him sound important. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so she's yeah. like been sleeping a lot and then she like threw up one time and then she hasn't had like a regular period in a, in like six weeks, I think she says. Um which she's like attributing to stress. Like I know I've gotten my period like two weeks late because of stress. So it's like, you know, she didn't think too much of it, but it was it was Hil- it was Hillary or Angela. 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 Because Angela is the more present figure in the present. Right, right. So Angela tells her to that she might be pregnant. And so this fucking scene. So uh she takes the pregnancy, she pees on the stick and they're waiting the five minutes. And so Lauren doesn't want to have a kid. Like her husband just fucking left her and she's like, I can't raise a baby on my own. Like my husband just left me. By the so, way, Lauren is 22. Is she 22 in this? She's 22. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, let me tell you, at 22, you know who wasn't ready to have a kid? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I was not feeling that at 22. Let me, let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you at uh, 27, 28 in two months, you know who's not ready to have a kid? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Same here. Um... Anyway, so fucking so she so Lauren is like nervous about checking the results of the pregnancy test. And she's like, oh, I can't look. Uh, Angela, you go look for me. So Angela comes out and she's like, OK, well, good news. And Lauren's like, oh, thank God, I'm not pregnant. And Hillary's like, or Angela's like, oh, shit. I mean, bad news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Lauren's Lauren's pregante. Read the room, Angela. Seriously, it's like, girl, like her husband just left her. You, she's clearly <laughs> distressed. Ay. So, then we get uh, a a flashback to their wedding. No, the engagement party. Yes. Okay, the engagement party is where, um, as they're going to go down to the engagement party, um, they get a call from the concierge, and uh, they say the concierge says. That there is a woman here to see Lauren. And Cal's like, I'll go and get it. And you stay here. Don't worry about it, dude. <laughs> oh, stay he here. Says I'm going like, to get it. Like, he, she's like trying to like sell her something. And he's like, he like tries to brush it off as like a solicitor or something. Yeah. So it's this, it's this like older woman with older, red like hair red woman. hair. Yeah. And, um, 
and Cal is like is like kind of looks like he's kind of giving her a dressing down and giving her the business yeah the business and then uh she walks off and she talks to the concierge and she slips him a 20 is like what can you tell me about her and he's like she doesn't seem like she's from around here looks like she blew in from the suburbs but but he, he did say that something about her was like familiar like he'd seen her before yeah so that's that also the next the next real bit is that um is a little scene of their wedding vows also they got married on pearl harbor day oh i didn't register <laughs> that i only i didn't register it during the scene but later on she says it's been two months since we got married and it's february 7th and i'm like you chose the day that will live on in infamy i mean I considering mean, I guess, the relationship oh, <laughs> i can't believe that <laughs> this is this, this is the pearl harbor of, of relationships no. <laughs> Fuck. oh god oh so she goes to um Oh, real quick about the wedding. Uh, why the fuck was Mike invited? <laughs> <laughs> that was my only note, really. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? The last, like, one of the last lines of this wedding scene. You may not be perfect, but I think I just may have found my super sexy leather jacket wearing motorcycle riding Prince Charming of the 21st century. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Bitch disgusting. Anyway, so the present... Oh, so she goes to a clinic and she's like freaking out at this poor like uh front desk employee uh who's like, "Oh yeah, like I can schedule for an appointment, schedule you for an appointment." And she's like, "No, I need to get tested now. Like my husband just left me." Blah, 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 like airing out all her laundry. <laughs> and so then the woman who's like already waiting there, she's like, "She can just have my appointment." <laughs> yeah. Um and so the doctor's like, yeah, like, you're for sure pregnant, like, because of the, the test is accurate and, like, you haven't had a period in a while, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, yeah, you're pregnant. At which point I'm just like, if you don't want the baby, get an abortion. Yeah. Uh, at the time of recording this, uh, a lot of mm. shit going on in regards to that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That wasn't going on the last time we talked about getting an abortion. That's true. Maybe Yikes. we should fucking present this shit to the fucking Supreme Court yeah. and be like, huh, this is why you can't overrule or overturn Roe v. Wade. Fucking Your assholes. Honors, have you read If I Break by Portia Moore? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So then we get a time skip. <gasps> we go further into the future. We get a two-year time skip to, to the baby's first birthday. It's Which... a baby girl. And her name... Her name is Kaylin. Kaylin. Also, I want to do a little bit of math here. Mm. So when she gets the test done, the pregnant the pregnancy test mm-hmm. uh, at the clinic, it is June seventh, two thousand eleven, mm-hmm. and the doctor tells her, I don't know if it was six or eight weeks pregnant. Let's. It was eight weeks. Eight weeks. Because she thinks that she got pregnant at the beginning of the book. Oh, right. Okay. So that's eight weeks pregnant. They're celebrating the baby's first birthday, March 7th, 2013. Okay. So June 7th, 2011. All right. So go back eight weeks. It's about two months. Uh, That's like April. 
<laughs> that's April. April to May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January. That's nine months. February, March 7th. Love and bitch was in gestation for 11 months. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So I'm I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out like how the fuck did this happen? Because it clearly says March or excuse me, June was when she found out. She found out. Never mind. I did the math backwards. (laughs) You did the math backwards? No, no, no. no. I, I was trying to like justify like, oh, how did she mess that up? Um, but my justification didn't make sense. I did that math incorrectly. My first math, as far as how long she was cooking in the mm-hmm. oven, that, uh, that was correct. <laughs> you know what I think it is? I think that Portia Moore didn't fully, like, fully think it through. I think she was like, okay, two years after, after conception, that's the baby's first birthday. Like, she just didn't, I think she just had, like, a mental a mental lapse there for a minute yeah because i was trying to like justify this hang on yeah because if we like okay because june 7th was when she had the appointment mm-hmm. and they say she was like eight weeks pregnant but if she got pregnant like in may it could have like sort of reached March because it's, it's it's forty weeks. Yeah, but even but like even then it's like still very you know like the math barely adds up there. But to say that she was already pregnant for a little longer than like four weeks or so, it doesn't add up. Maybe Portia Moore was like okay, a year and nine months from June eighth. Who knows? That's honestly probably it, though. Anyway. (laughs) Shit don't add up. (laughs) But yeah, fast forward. Kaylin's birthday party. We did it. Yeah. Yay. Also, Lauren kind of has, like, a little thing for Steven now. Like, he's just been, like, really present and, like, really cool. And he's, like, good with Kaylin. And so she... Who is it? It's like Raven. Yeah, her aunt yeah. Raven comes to visit Raven. for the party. And Raven's like, oh, like, do you have a thing for Steven? Because she like doesn't like Steven for some yeah, reason. Yeah, she has this weirdly judgy moment where she's like, you're still married, you know? Which also I did know because it's like, yeah, fucking Cal left her, didn't even like divorce her. Yeah. The fuck? Like, what an asshole. Just wanted to keep <laughs> stake that claim, you know? And just like, yeah, Cal's never- like, keep this seat warm for me seriously um but yeah so i just thought that like she was she had like some real contempt for steven and it's just like why like he's a nice he's the only decent man in this whole book (laughs) so yeah so she has like a little thing for steven and then um so she's like she's she's doing pretty well honestly like all things considered Mm -hmm. at this point uh, and so she actually asks Steven out to lunch the next day, and he's like, oh, like, yeah, it's gonna be, like, a little date, and it's, like, mad cute, they, they're super excited. Yeah. Um, and then we get to that night. That night. That night. You wanna go into this? So that night, uh, Lauren is woken up 
in like in the middle of the night and she hears she hears the baby crying on the baby monitor and then she hears a voice in the room with the baby and it's Cal's voice and she tries to to like go and and get the baby and see him but she's locked in <laughs> because it's still she's still living in the same place I still don't fucking understand the lock on the outside of the bedroom. <laughs> like, what the it's fuck? So, it's fucked up. It's so fucking what, weird. Why? Anyway, he's he's like, I miss your I miss your mommy a lot, but I can't I can't come see her. Mm. Anyway, I love you a lot though. And Raven eventually shows up and like lets her out of the room, and she's she's like, I heard Cal. And she's like, I'm sure you're just hallucinating it, sweaty. And you're crazy bananas bonkers. Yeah. No biggie. But she goes to Kaylin's room and she holds her for a bit and she notices that on her wrist is a bracelet that says DLG on it. Daddy's little girl. Did you register that when you first yeah, read it? I did. Oh, I did it. I had to like wait until <laughs> they said it in the book. Because I, I my note here was DLG, what does it mean? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? Um But yeah, they did mention that later on. I was like, oh, I daddy's really... a little girl. Oh, my note here is daddy's a little girl, ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really love the idea of uh, like uh, a one year old size like gold tennis bracelet that you're giving her for some reason. That's well, a choking hazard. I think this is like a very like Latino thing, but like every person in like my family was given a golden like a gold bracelet like when really? they were like babies with our names on them. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, so like, obviously it didn't fit me when I was little because it wasn't like child size, but like I grew into it. It fits me now. I don't know if I have it. I might be <laughs> at my parents' house, but like, yeah, so like I, I, I read that. I'm like, oh yeah, like it's going to say her name on it. But for it to say, okay, for if it said like daddy's little girl, in my opinion, it would be better. But to put DLG, like that's just fucking stupid. It's all that could fit on, Nicole. It has to be baby size. Well, use smaller font or put her fucking name. <laughs> Six letters. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just thought DLG was so fucking stupid. Yeah. Just put the whole yeah. thing or put her name. Or better yet, don't give that baby a bracelet. Like you said, it's a choking hazard. Yeah. I was given that bracelet when I was a little little tiny baby. I didn't wear it for decades. <laughs> but so anyway. Back in the past, because we're we're catching up to the present at the start of the book. Which brings me to the timeline, my gripe with the timeline. Yes. At the start of the book, she really makes it seem like they've been married for a while and that he keeps doing this. Girl, it's been like three trips and you've been married for like four months. I think they say it's been six months at the beginning of the book. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's an outright lie then because that's, it's four months. They got married on Pearl Harbor Day. Yeah. But I'm like... Like, very positive. It says six months at some point. Oh, God. Oh, anyway. Oh, see? Didn't register that. But, like, yeah, they def- she, it definitely says six months in there at some point. Yeah. Anyway, Cal punches a hole in the wall at one point because he's a child. Uh, his name's Kyle. He likes Monster. <laughs> oh, and this is now the lead up to the twist. Mm-hmm. The twist. So, fucking... 
everyone's just like, okay, like, okay, sweaty, like, yeah, sure, you heard Cal's voice, like, you're just, like, hallucinating things, whatever, and she's like, no, I fucking heard him. And then our girl Hillary comes out, and she's like, listen, (laughs) I didn't tell you this before, but I got something to show you. So she had visited her family, and she had a newspaper and she's like turned to page two mad dramatically instead of just handing her the fucking piece of paper. Um, and so Lauren opens it up and there we see a black and white photo of a man who looks just like Cal standing next to an older man. Caption being... Former Madison High alum Chris Scott poses with his father William Scott after annual pie-eating contest. And then Lauren's like, what the fuck? And Hillary's like, yo, he's a fucking con man. Mans mm-hmm. is lying to you. Cause oh, because they it does um they do mention that Lauren hired like private investigators to look for Cal mm-hmm. Scott and they couldn't find shit. So Hillary's like, yo, this man's fucking lying to you. Cal isn't real. His name's fucking Chris, and he was playing you. Oh my god. What? What? <laughs> They keep dwelling on this pie eating contest. They really like they do. repeatedly bring up that it's a pie eating contest. And like <laughs> Cal wouldn't be in some small town pie eating contest. That's not why he left me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. As if, as if he's like, I might not I might not come back because I might not survive. <laughs> <laughs> Friday night energy here. I know uh, the way I was <laughs> I was thinking about it was just like, oh, like this pie is so fucking good. Like I'm not I'm leaving you for this pie. <laughs> uh, also, I, I like I like your <laughs> you like yours better. <laughs> uh, pie uh, man, it's brutal. <laughs> um so this is this is our twist. Mm-hmm. wink wink and so fucking lauren's like oh my god like the fuck like he's just out here fucking eating pies i'm raising his child also he broke into my house <laughs> in the middle <laughs> of the night um so she drives all the way to michigan uh <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait first she talks to dexter oh because right. she like busts into dexter's office kicks the door open and and she's like, what the fuck is going on? Where is Cal? Tell me right now. And she like shows him the, the newspaper and she says, what is he doing? Why is he there? I wait for an answer and he doesn't give me one. Dex, Helen says curtly. Maybe he likes the pie, Dex mumbles. <laughs> the fucking pie again. And so he says, that's not Cal. And he says he can't really explain it, but that's not Cal. And if you go there, you're you're not going to find Cal. And she's like, fuck you, I'm going anyway. Like, if you want to help me, get me an address. And he doesn't give her shit. But she drives Never. all the way to Madison. Uh, and she's like literally parked outside the welcome to Madison sign. And she... Uh, I don't know if she gets a call from Hillary or calls Hillary, but Hillary like apologizes where she's like, listen, I should have told you sooner, but like, you know, like you were in such a good place and like, you know, 
like you seemed like you were gonna be like really happy like trying things out with Steven. So like her heart was in the good place. Um, but Hillary did reach out to her aunt because it was her aunt who pointed out like, oh, like his mom is like this chick I went to high school with. Or she had some kind of association with her. So Hillary called her aunt asking her for the address. So her, the, the woman's, the mother's name is Gwen. So she called asking for Gwen's address. And so Hillary was able to, to give it to Lauren. Uh, and so Lauren goes to that address and there's a little knock knock on the door and is answered by how was it his, was it the parents or was it Chris who answers the door? I can't it's quite Chris remember. who answers. Chris who answers the door. And it's like, that's fucking Cal. That's Cal. And she's like, bro, like, what the fuck? Like, what is going on? Like, you're just here vibing. And he's like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. And she's like losing her tits because she's like, bro like you're gonna fucking pretend you don't recognize me like you left me and my and our fucking kid and then this blonde woman comes up behind him and she's like babe what's going on and lauren's like who the fuck is this it's his fucking fiance mm-hmm. our boy's engaged to another woman and she's like what the fuck you told me that you weren't leaving me for another woman you fucking liar and this guy does not seem to know what the fuck she's talking about. Oh, he has about. no fucking idea. Uh, and then, like, she and Jenna, the fiancé, get into, like, a fight. <laughs> he has yeah. to, like, pull them apart. And Lauren, like, eventually just, like, faints at some point because she's so overwhelmed with, like, what's going on. Mm. Uh, and she wakes up and she encounters Gwen and William, so Chris's parents. And... This is where things get a little juicy here. So she's like, what the fuck is happening? Like, that is my husband. And they were like, well, you see, (laughs) like, that's that's Chris. You married Cal, but like, Cal's not here. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? So they're like, "Okay, Chris is our son, the man that you married isn't real. Mm-hmm. I think is, they do say at some uh, people They at some repeatedly point, say he's not real. Yeah, but he's not real. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, he's very real. Uh, and they're like, wait, drum roll, please. <laughs> Cal isn't real because Chris has dissociative identity disorder. Nicole, would you like to explain what DID is? Dissociative identity disorder. Uh, uh, I don't. I my one of my notes in here is because uh, they do refer to it as multiple personality disorder. My note here is, eh, uh, but that is what a lot of people know it as. Yeah. It for the record, DID hasn't been called MPD since 1993. Yeah, that's why my note was like, eh. <laughs> yeah. But that that is what a lot of people know it as. Well, I mean, we'll get into the into the whole DID thing in a little bit. So I'm just going to like phrase it how they phrased mm-hmm. it, where Chris yep. is their son. And then around and like Chris was always like a great kid and like would always help around on the farm because they have a farm, apparently, and was like really good in school. And then like when he started when he turned 17, something kind of changed and he was acting out and all his teachers were like, oh, like he's being like kind of a bastard and he's like a different person. Um. And so that 
new person is Cal and fucking William, Chris slash Cal's father, really fucking dislikes Cal where he's like, he's a mm. fucking piece of shit. Like he's a bad guy. Ba, 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 he calls ba. him a monster. Yeah. And Lauren's like, no, like maybe that's who he was at some point. She's like, yeah, but he, he's not like that with me, which like, mm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> So she's like, no, like my, like, you know, like he's a good person. I don't know what you're talking about, but that's why Chris didn't recognize her because Chris didn't have a life with her. It was Chris Cal. doesn't know her. Chris doesn't know her. Uh, it was that that was all Cal. Cal's her life was with Cal. And, another, and so a really big thing here is that Chris doesn't know all of any of this yeah. happened which is like chris really doesn't know fucked. he has DID. it's really fucked where he would like have blackout periods constantly and so then we learn um like what his ties with dexter are or whatever where i guess yeah he's like he's like family yeah so dexter's father dexter senior is william's stepfather so they're like step cousins something like that but like the dexter's family's like fucking loaded so they Mm -hmm. helped get chris like the best you know like psychiatric help and all that stuff uh and so they were like gaslighting him into thinking like oh yeah like you're doing fine everything's okay but then like poor chris didn't know what was going on and he would just like lose periods of time and then we we connect the dots and we're like oh the reason Cal would go missing and like not contact Lauren for days at a time is because he wasn't fronting. It was Chris who was. Cal was like that. That's why Cal wasn't around because he wasn't around. Fronting being the term for who is in control of the body. Yes. So now we know. So here's my own third act twist here. <gasps> Wait, um, drum roll. I also have DID. Oh my god! For real. In case you, in case you didn't follow me over here from our YouTube channel about <laughs> DID, that's the reason that we picked this book. Um, yes. We looked up. I I messaged Nicole one day. I was like, "Do you think there are any any DID romance novels?" And we looked, and there was a Goodreads list of romance novels with with like main characters who have DID. And this was on there, but like the description didn't say anything. So I dug deeper and I was like, oh, it's a twist. So I expected very little from this, but I got more than that. <laughs> Nicole, how do you feel about this? As somebody who who is close to somebody with DID, but does not have it herself, how do you feel? Okay, so I will not name our friend, but you know how one of our friends like uh, always when he's uncomfortable, makes it sound like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> the entire, like, I mean, the book, yes, but especially during the reveal, because it's just like, I, the whole thing is handled so badly. Mm. And it's like, it's very insensitive. And I just, it was like, very frustrating <laughs> reading it, where it's like, First of all, how the fuck are they not going to tell him? And there are also multiple instances where they're like, Cal's not a real person. It's like, he's a he's very yeah. much a real person. Like it or not. Like, he's real. And he has his own very real life. Something I did wonder, though, 
when they got married, like, how did that work out? Like, with documents and shit. I, Cal knows. So I have to assume that Cal just signed everything as as Chris Scott and here's Uh my social security number. Ah, okay. Fair point. But yeah, so Chris didn't know, but Cal knows. And during different parts of the book, he was saying, like, you don't know what it takes for me to be here. And it's like, oh, that's why. Oh, and here's the thing. The reason why Cal has been leaving a lot lately and the reason why he's like, I'm not sure if I'm coming back is because their mother was diagnosed with stage three cancer. And let me tell you, Mm -hmm. Nicole, I like this. You did? I, listen, I am a starving woman in the desert, (laughs) and every little, mm, every little crumb I can get, oh, delicious. (laughs) And there's some good stuff here, too. There's horrible stuff here, but also good stuff here. I think I honed in, like, on the bad stuff, mostly, because I was like, oh, like, this is just not great. (laughs) So, it's more than I expected, and that's probably why I'm so delayed Oh, I'm so excited to hear. So, first of all, the absolute love and selflessness between system members here, where Cal has his whole life and he has apparently been taking measures to, like, make sure that Chris is, like, dormant, as dormant as he can get him. And as soon as he finds out that that their mother has cancer, he knows how much, like, his parents mean to Chris and he gives he says like you you got to do this like you have you need to do this you're not going to be able to like live with yourself otherwise that's why i assume it went on that's what would happen here and listen lauren loses out in this in this deal but oh, we're yeah. talking strictly between system members here that is some fucking love and dedication like that almost gets gets dreamy for me but um <laughs> but here's the other thing here's the thing that's actually like a little bit dreamy for me so for those not in the know i was considered to be a a problem alter system member it's i don't use alter because alter is very clinical and i don't like it i was considered to be a problem system member i was um angry a lot I'm a protector. Like, I was out almost exclusively for bad shit. And when I found out that I had DID, I was almost immediately told that I wasn't the real one. And isn't that fucked up to hear? Like, imagine you've been going through your whole life, and now suddenly it's like, oh, by the way, you're not a real person. You're just, like, the shadow of of this other person. Wouldn't wouldn't that make you fucking resentful? Like, it's it's fucked up. And luckily our our much better therapist, you know, asserted that all of us are are real people who deserve our own time and fun and like lives as much of our life as as we want within reason. And so as somebody who was viewed within her own system as being a problem. Um, not by everyone, and not currently. Everyone is very, very nice now. And who is still viewed by some people who aren't 
as knowledgeable about what our system actually is like and who we actually are as people, I've been called prickly. I've been called mean, like the mean one. And I'll I'll say, if I'm mean, it's because we don't feel safe around you. Or because you're being an asshole, <laughs> which goes along with it. Or I might be in a bad mood. <laughs> like, it's not without reason. I'm not mean to be an asshole. Yeah. It's... It, I'm doing my job. And it's like, as someone who is told she is not real and that she is the problem one, she is she is ruining shit for us, to have our romantic heroine say, how can you say that he is not real? I I love him and I'm married to him. He is a good person. And, like, sticking up for him... To the ends of the fucking earth. Romantic. Holy shit. Like, United States of Terra vaguely touches on the point of, like, somebody knowing a different system member first. And then encountering the one thought of as the real one. But this goes, this goes beyond. This has, has them stick up for them. For a bit. I, I really liked that. I thought that was fucking great. I did really like that. I mean, it was just a testament as to how, like, I mean, because, like, honestly, Cal did suck, but, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, their relationship was very much real. He's very much a real person. Now I'm, I'm going to be a little a negative Nelly here, oh, negative yeah, Nancy nuts. or whatever, because um, I honed in more on, like, the bad parts. And one mm-hmm. thing that really rubbed me the wrong way was, mm-hmm. um, so after the reveal... She connect. Lauren connects with Chris, and because he doesn't know anything, and his pa- and she tells his parents, she's like, "Listen, you tell him, and if you don't tell him, like I will, because he has a fucking daughter. Well, Cal has a daughter, but it's like you know, like shares Chris's genes. So Chris eventually like looks. Uh, she he he reaches out to Lauren, and he's like, "I want to speak to you like alone." Um, so, you know, they, like, kind of go over, like, what's going on, like, her life with Cal and everything. Uh, and she, they do exchange contact information because she thinks that Kaylin should meet Chris. Mm. So she goes back home to, and she tells her friends where, what's going on. So it's, um, Raven, Angela, and Hillary. They're like, okay, so, like, what happened with, like, the whole Chris situation? Okay, and this, yeah, this is the part that, that rubbed me wrong. So she, I, know, I know the part that you're talking about. Uh, so she's like, okay, where's my daughter? I want to see her. Lauren, no, not like this. You'll upset her terribly, Raven scolds me. I realize waking up to her mom crying hysterically isn't the best idea for my daughter at all, and I relent. He's not real. I pathetically try to calm down, but I think all of this hugging and coddling they're doing is making it worse. What? Who's not real, honey? Cal? He was really Chris? Hillary tries to infer. She's partly right, at least. How do I even begin to explain this to them? That fucking son of a bitch bastard. I knew it. I knew it all along, she continues. Her voice grows from uncertain to angry in a matter of nanoseconds. No, it's not what you think. It's worse, I say in between sniffles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My note there was, is it, though? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, she tells them and Hillary's like, well, that sounds like bullshit. Oh, yeah. Raven's also like, that sounds like bullshit. And Angela's like, well, it's controversial. It's not. 
and it's not proven to be true. It is. <laughs> and, like, <sighs> Lauren is a doormat. Yeah. Like, a day ago, two days ago, she is, she's in this house and, like, fighting for the existence of her husband. And then, like, three people are like, ah, he's not real. And she's like, I guess he's not real. So, I have, so, like, this entire scene just frustrated the fuck out of me, especially, mm-hmm. like, yeah, because, like, Lauren's a doormat, but also, like, the other three were being kind of bastards. But, like, I don't know why this made me laugh. Like, it's so clearly bitchy and, like, mm-hmm. Hillary sucks in this scene. But she's like, I mean, I don't have a degree in psychology or anything, so I could just be misinformed, but multiple personality disorder? Give me a break. Do you know how many guys will be using this excuse if you let this slide, L? It'll catch on, like, wildfire. Honey, it wasn't me fucking that other chick. It was my alter ego. It's just like, first of all, like, spread like wildfire, what is like, it's gonna be like publicized? Like, this is so fucking (laughs) stupid. Also, as Polly person, I gotta say, (laughs) this is, this can so easily be cleared up. (laughs) Okay. Like, like, it's so obviously like a misunderstanding and like a miscommunication. Nobody's at fault here. Yeah. Except for Cal. Cal's no, Cal's not even at fault because he didn't know that Chris was gonna get fucking engaged in two years. Yeah, seriously. But also like Cal's only fault is that he just sucks as a person. <laughs> yeah. As a system member, like he was pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know, this seems easy to me. They're two different people, even if they share a body. I know that not everyone's Polly, but still. Let me tell you that this entire the, while I was reading this and like their whole I, all all the drama I guess I I literally could only like think of you guys <laughs> like I'm like because while while Cal was very selfless in what he did Chris didn't know of his existence so the communication isn't there yeah <laughs> I was just, I literally all I could think about was like oh my god. If they had even, like, half the communication skills as, like, the Alexandrites, <laughs> this wouldn't be a fucking problem. <laughs> yeah. So. <sighs> God. Anyway, so she has this dream uh, the night before she's going to take Kaylin to see Chris, where Cal comes home and he, like, screams at her to, like, fight for him. Yeah. Like, fight for our relationship. You're giving up this easily. And I mean, like, screams at her. Yeah. And, um, and she wakes up and she brings Kaylin to see Chris. And penguins of Madagascar get dropped, get name dropped here. Like, not, not at, the end, <laughs> at the end of the book. Yeah, not sponsored. So he, he, Cal's or Chris, Chris is there and like gives uh, Kalen, Chris, Cal, Kalen. Kalen is named after Cal. Is it supposed to be Kale this whole time? Mm, It can't be Kale. Oh, God, imagine. (laughs) (laughs) It's Cal. Wait, it's um, Kalen. Nah. God. That isn't, is that? I don't fucking know. (laughs) Who knows? Anyway. Oh, real quick though, can we talk yeah. about the the dream <laughs> for a second? Because sure. like it was like really aggressive. Yeah, 
So, okay, so he's like there, he walks towards me, I try to reach out to him, but my limbs are frozen, he bends down looking at the box I packed earlier, so it's like of all his stuff. You're going to pack me away and pretend I never existed? He roars and kicks the box over, the sound is so loud it echoes through the entire house. What about us, Lauren? What about our family? He's so angry, I see the veins in his forehead throbbing, I try to talk or move, but I can't manage either. Do you really think the Scots are going to accept you into their life? They want to pretend I never existed. Do you think they want a constant reminder of me walking around, spoiling their delusional little world? I'm the bastard child, their prodigal son. He laughs angrily, circling around my frozen body. Kaylin needs a real father who's here, I whisper, <laughs> somehow breaking my catatonic state. I'm her father, he shouts angrily in my face. He grabs my arm roughly, ushers me to the couch, and pins me on it. His weight feels like a house on top of me, and I can't breathe. Was it Chris who made love to you here? Was it his name you called out, he whispers vehemently in my ear. He then rips my shirt in two. His lips touch mine firmly, and I turn my face. I'm so angry at him. I keep trying to speak, but I'm mute. He grabs my face and turns it back toward him. There's a lot you want to say to me, huh, Lauren? He laughs in my face. Yes, I scream. Mad aggressive. And then she wakes up. Yeah, yeah it's very <laughs> aggressive. So the the end of this book is that she brings Kaylin to see Chris. And Chris seems very enamored with her. While Chris is like watching and playing with Kaylin a little bit, he turns to Lauren and like winks at her. And for like in that moment, she very clearly sees Cal and like Cal is still in there. And he also says, hey, gorgeous, which is like something that he would always say to Lauren. Yeah. And so I, th I think he says that to to Kaylin. Yeah. 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 And so like and so that and then like also just like the look in his eyes like she yeah, she barely clearly sees Cal. And then Chris is right back and he says is is everything okay, Lauren? Uh the final bit says, I only nod looking at the ground. Everything will be okay. I'll make sure to s it stays that way. I have to even if I break. And that's it. That's the end, baby. So Nicole, want to read the next three books? Oh my god. Okay. So first of all, Want to get a look at my novella before I break from Chris's point yeah. of view from meeting Lauren until the end of If I Break? Get it now for free here. Listen. I'm a little curious. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Let's do a, a double feature here. I'll go read Benny's book. Oh, in, Jesus Christ. In the, in the Virgin Billionaire Saga and you read Chris's POV of If I Break. Oh, my God. Honestly, we could probably have like mini episodes <laughs> <laughs> this episode's three hours long also yeah a mini episode you know an hour and a half yeah <laughs> jesus christ it's really funny because just like looking at our episodes real quick this being episode three episode one was like the book that we actually really liked <laughs> it's the shortest one yeah and then the other two are just us like shitting on <laughs> books for like hours yeah Okay, so Nicole, let's get into rankings. What do you give it for steaminess? It's uh, none of these are going to rank really high. Yeah, no. Um, honestly, I want to give this like a one point seven. Yeah, I'm giving it like a one and a half. Yeah. I like when he fingered fingered her in the bathtub. I like uh, when he stuck his tongue. In <laughs> God. <laughs> So dreaminess, Nicole. Is is Cal so dreamy? Uh, he is infuriating. Can I give him negative points? Yeah, sure. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> nah, honestly, um, there's like, I think I had like two things marked down as dreamy, and even then they were only like half dreamy, where it's like he was beating the shit out of Aaron, but only until like it got real yeah. bad. Um, and then it's like, oh, the ring thing was cute, but only if it wasn't him. <laughs> under different <laughs> circumstances so i'm gonna give him a solid point four <laughs> i'm going to give it another 1.5 nice. because i find lauren to be a little dreamy oh with with fighting for him for two minutes okay honestly yeah. while i was saying that i was like oh lauren sweep me off my feet i'll, I'll give i'll give you that okay i honestly didn't lauren, think of lauren you girls call me <laughs> Okay, and now memeiness. Memeiness, I'm gonna give it like a two and a half. There's some there's some funny stuff in here. There is. The book is so long. It really <laughs> is. Uh I was gonna give it like a two point three ish, so yeah. like yeah. I'm there glad were we pretty things. much agree on all this. Yeah. What a read. What an adventure what a, this was. Yeah. Did anyone else see this plot twist coming? Because I mean, like, I know we saw it coming because we like Yeah. So uh, do you think if you didn't know what the twist was, that you would have picked up on it? I would have guessed Lauren had DID from the amount that she was sleeping in the one paragraph where in her head she hears she hears herself say, she's Lauren. Yeah. It's like, that's weird. That never comes back. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many things in this book that just don't come back. This book did not need to be this long. Yeah. I might have assumed double life. Like he had another family or something. Mm -hmm. But I probably, if I didn't know this, I probably would have been either pleasantly surprised or horribly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. Yeah. Nicole, uh, Cal Scott, smash your pass. Uh, okay. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I have slept with people that I don't particularly <laughs> like. <laughs> uh huh. From what I gather, he's hot. Mm. So, like, I guess smash, but like, again, I would just never speak to him again. But if it's like, I wouldn't do it more than once. <laughs> just, <laughs> just one time, and then like, okay, bye. Don't talk to me. And even then, once is being generous. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say pass. I don't like that he doesn't ask for touching. Oh, yeah, true. Never mind. Pass. Ah, uh, wait, uh, I've slept with some really bad people. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole. Uh, that's a different okay. time. <laughs> Nicole, Lauren Brooks, smash or pass? Ugh, pass. Everything I do, I feel like I feel like I'd be taking advantage of her because she has, like, yeah. no spine whatsoever. Yep, I'm, grow I backbone, would, Lauren. Yeah, I'd constantly be like, do you actually want to do this or are you trying to, like, appease me? <laughs> like... And you know that, like, assuming that we come in after after Cal has left her, you're always second fiddle to this man who abused her. Yeah, that was Stephen's whole thing. Or yeah. he accepted that. He's like, because she, you know, called off the date with him after she heard Cal's voice on the fucking baby monitor. And he was like, listen, he's like, this is the happiest I've seen you look in like two years was when you mentioned him and possibly hearing his voice. The saddest shit I ever like, done heard. Not even seeing him, just hearing him. Oh, man. Yeah. Pass on Lauren. Sorry, Lauren. Pass. I'm sure you're nice. You know who I would smash, though? I'd smash Hillary. Yeah. Yeah. I Angela really would. too, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I found that Hillary had a much more defined personality. Yeah. But Angela just seemed like very a very supportive friend. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Okay, Angela. But Hillary. Yeah. If I had to smash anybody in this book, it'd be Hillary. Same. And I'd smash William's face in with a baseball bat because he's a fucking bastard. That too. Fuck William. Fuck William. So, Nicole, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, what a time. <laughs> what a time this was. Yeah. This book really did not need to be this long. Again, this I, book is 300 pages. It's so fucking long. Uh, again, I don't care for books in the first person. There were parts that were very repetitive. I found some of the bits choppy. It certainly is one of the books of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is certainly a book that I've read. Um, the, I mean, it's like I said, this was a chore yeah. for me to get through. I was worried that I wouldn't be able to finish it. I, I was very worried. Um, yeah. But I did. Lord help me, I did. We did it. Oh, Lord, we did it. Yeah, so, fuck Cal. Fuck Cal. And we, have, of course, have now established worse than worse than Victor Kane. Victor Rohan. Victor Rohan, Michael, yeah, Not guy. Michael Kane, Kane, Michael. <laughs> fuck. God damn it. These names. Too many, too many first names. Too many. Yeah, Michael Kane, Victor Rohan. Cal Scott. Cal <laughs> Jesus Christ, I forgot his name. <laughs> Already, this book's already trying to escape <laughs> my brain. My brain's trying to purge itself. All right. Well, next time, let's replace it with a book that seems to be a lot better. Oh, and what would that be? Next time, we'll be reading Love Me Whole by Nikki James. That's W-H-O-L-E. Yes. Not, <laughs> don't, don't love me whole. Love me whole. Love me whole. <laughs> Love me whole, W H O L E. <laughs> um, it is another DID romance, and it's a queer DID romance. Yay! We love that. We stand. We stand. Well, thank you for listening, for going on yeah. this three-hour adventure with us. What a long, strange trip it's been. Strange is certainly one word for it. Well. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next week. See you then. Bye. Bye.